Come on, ah! Hey, there we go. All right, we, we are live. How about that, Kate? How about that? We are live. It's been a minute, Kevin. I know, long you? time, long time no see, long time no podcast. That's for sure. I know. Last time I saw you was at a show at Russell Pro, and I can't remember the last time I was on the podcast. I think it was for when we did um down the aisle. Probably. Was it yeah. Russell? Was it Russell Pro the last time I saw you? Or was it like a major, like a major show? Like a, I think it was Russell Pro. It was Russell Pro. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I think it was Russell Pro. Okay. Also, oh, you're ago. they're uh, September seventeenth. They're coming back. Your boys, the acclaimed. I know. I uh, I like. I go to Russell Pro when I can when I'm not doing commentary, and I can't go when they run Fridays because I have a. Uh, I've got post-show duties those days, right. but whatever it's on the weekends, like, I like to come by, come yeah, say this hi. A, this will be a Sunday afternoon gimmick. Yeah, so, uh, I like a, a good Sunday afternoon wrestling. A little 5 p.m. Uh, thing, but we will get all into your um, into your commentary, your weekend. Oh, man. Once we go live, that didn't sound promising at all. <laughs> oh, it's just a long, it's just a, I live a weird little life, Kevin, that's all. No trouble. <laughs> and we'll get into all of that in just a little bit. Uh, so for those just joining us now in the, the soft open, because why wouldn't you? Because we literally just started. So of course yeah. you're just joining us. Uh, no Tony, no Matt, no HK. This is a Shining Wizards Presents KJG and KTG show. That's right. So this is this is unsanctioned. It's an unsanctioned show. <laughs> it's an it's unsanctioned a podcast. podcast. Yeah. We, there, 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 there are no rules binding us or bounding us. That's it. We will uh, we will talk about what we want, how we want to talk about it, when we want to talk about it, and in whatever order we want to yeah. talk about it. It's because, like your parents are gone. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> sneak, sneaking, this is the sneaking into the liquor cabinet of podcasts. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. And then you come out like George Costanza only has prune juice. <laughs> hopefully, we're, hopefully we're a little better than the prune juice of podcasts. I, I would... I don't think that's like the most marketable thing. Like, I don't think we should be making prune juice podcasting no. or anything. That would be no, horrendous. I mean, what, what podcast <laughs> with uh, with uh, dried fruits? Don't, don't you do a sour grapes? I do a sour graps. Oh, sour graps. That's you gotta grape. stick the landing with the pun, but yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a, a fun one. That whole show is like, I can't even call it a post show. It's like a variety hour now. It's gotten so off the rails in the most delightful way, but uh, I love it. That's yeah, um, that's the only fruit fruit podcast that I have. So so fair warning <laughs> to everyone. Like I said, this is unsanctioned. Uh no Matt, no Tony, no soundboard, uh, no oh, HK, uh, no producer, uh, and fourth wizard. So like I said, this is KJG and KTG. So there could be it could be choppy in parts in, in, in parts. So just for uh fair warning, disclaimer, uh KJG is uh is doing the banners, the the slides, uh, the music, all this and the that is. So just a disclaimer, real quick. So you're basically um, Anthony Bones to that. tonight. You, did, you didn't. You're basically Anthony Bones. You're a five-tool player today. That's right. Basically. That's all it is. Yeah, you That's don't it. need to. But I, I can't cut promos like Bowens, though. Nobody can. Nobody I can't can. Get, I can't cry on the spot like Bowens. Like, I can cry on the spot at, like, at the... St I can, like, if someone gets married on 90210, I can cry. But, like, if somebody gets married... Okay, not talking about wrestling. At what 90210 wedding did you oh, cry God, What at? was it? I don't. Did anyone? Did anyone ever get married on nine hundred two one zero except for like the finale? I don't know. I to be honest, like nine hundred two one zero was not my jam. I was oh. like just 
I feel like I was just young for it. Like I was Saved by the Bell, Full House. I feel like my sister was like 90210. Okay, like, so how about this? How about a Saved by the Bell? I can cry when Kelly breaks up with Zach all day. Oh God, who can't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I can't like I can't I can't like Bowens can cry when Billy Gunn retires. That's impressive. I know. That's it's impressive. True. It's true. And I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How get these old guys off my screen? I don't have any attachment to this era. Like, <laughs> don't let the door hit you when your daddy ass on the way out. That's right. That's right. No, I can't. He's been used pretty well. He's definitely not my biggest complaint about like old timers coming around in wrestling. I gotta say, like, oh, wow, that should be a top. Spirit. That should be a top five in the future month itself. There you go. Top, top five overstayed their welcome. Pro wrestlers. I, I already know who your number one is, so I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Slap nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about more matches that feel like the same match every time they're done because that's I, my biggest complaint with Jared. But man, oh man. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to do it. Why don't hey listen? It's not even it's 657, but I say hey, I say if you get this bad boy rolling. Um so we're gonna talk SummerSlam, we're gonna talk uh AEW Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, all all 17 wrestling shows that happened this week. Um, and that's not even including Japan. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of news, some big news developing today that I did not see coming, but uh, apparently has been around there in the, the rumor mill. Lots of stuff to talk about. And if you give me just a minute or two, it is all coming to you next uh, on The Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, episode 649. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live in high-definition video and available on all podcasting and streaming platforms. Follow us on social media at... What's up, fuckers? The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live in high-definition video and available on all podcasting and streaming platforms. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com. And become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. And now, it's time for the Shining Wizards. What's up, fuckers? Where did cheese go? The no. stupid fucking question, Kevin. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, and I... Th- Hey, this is Moose. God, that was disgusting. Shining wizards rule the world. That's a hard cut, Kate. That was. That's how mine are too. Whenever I have to do anything production-wise, I'm like terrible. At you got, the, you got, the, you like, got a hard cut fade. on Streamyard. I don't have a fader. I know. I don't. I can't. I can't do the the, the slow it down gimmick either. It's just a hard out. But then we're right into the show, man. It's, That's it right. Works. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in on the Facebook, on the YouTube, on the Twitter, on all social media platforms, and of course, podcast podcast format. It is episode six hundred forty nine 
of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Kate, I guess, I guess it's wrestling talk. And I'm milking it for all it's worth, Kevin. <laughs> talk about wrestling. All right, so this is a flush the format, unsanctioned Shining Wizards at 649. So I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go, it's your boy, KJG and... KTG. Oh, baby. Yeah. And it is Kevin. KJG and KTG, uncensored, unsanctioned, uncooked. That's Just right. like Monday Night Raw 1993. Kate, how the hell are you? I am doing well. I am tired, but I had a really, really fun weekend. Uh, and I saw both of your boyfriends this weekend, Kevin, and it was a lot of fun. I saw Cardona and Myers. On, oh. I, it was very weird to see them on separate days. Yeah. So I, you I them, like in a, <laughs> they come together. So, <laughs> So I went to go check out uh, the website for Excite, and I saw like three different days, three different autograph signings, Kurt Angle, Broski, and Hawkins. I'm like, wait, Broski and Hawkins are doing two different days? Yeah, like I think Cardona was already booked for Sunday, um, but it was funny because there was a tag match that Myers was in. He was with the wonderful Dan Barry, who I just adore, uh, ah, but... Nice. But the first night ended up getting rained out too. Kurt Angle like made the most of it, I guess. But um, what was kind of fun was it was, gosh, seven minutes away maybe from where I grew up, like my my childhood home. I used to go to this event as a kid all the time, and to go back there and like get to call commentary for wrestling, which I wasn't even into growing up. But like in this like balloon rally there's hot air balloons going up in the back of the ring like it's it's such a a blast of an event and uh yeah unfortunately we couldn't get the the hot spots to work internet wise but hoping that it'll get released later because it was a it was a really really fun event they did a really good job and uh the weather cleared thankfully but i was glad i was not supposed to be on it friday because it got rained out regardless so ended up working out just perfectly, just perfectly. Yes, and of course, like I said, KTJ, if you're not familiar with her, she is podcast royalty, pro wrestling podcast royalty. Give her a follow at Miss Fabe on Twitter. That's Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter at Kate'sagrams on IG. She is a part of a podcast that's uh, right here on our very own Shining Wizards Network, the Mark Order podcast, every Wednesday night around 10, 15-ish, or uh, whenever they can set up after uh, Dynamite. Of course, SmackDown ROH, Sour Grabs, post shows on Fightful and Fightful Select. And she just mentioned commentator extraordinaire for Excite <laughs> Wrestling up in New York. And, of course, the most important credit, dear good close personal friend of the Shining Wizards podcast. That That's is again. the most important. That's where it all started, baby. That's how this whole weird little wackadoo journey I'm on started <laughs> with all you little fellers. So thank you. So so let me <laughs> ask you this. You um. I know, I know we're, uh, this is the lead here, of course, uh, not SummerSlam, not, not Collision, not, you know, all the news and notes is in wrestling. The lead here is clearly Cardona and Myers wrestling in Always Ready! Yeah. In, in, in a part of New York that's not one of the five boroughs. <laughs> not so, <even> close. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Did, did Broski win his match? Uh, he did not. So it was kind of, we had a funny little thing happen. He was going for the world title against Mike Skyros, who um, is not an honorable champion, and I had a lot of things to say about it on commentary, I'll tell you what. But he lost that match, turned around, and challenged for the international title there, which is held by Joe Gacy, which is held by a friend of this show, uh, LSG, and a lot of other 
really great wrestlers. Uh, none of the caliber of Matt Cardona anytime recently, but he immediately challenged and won the international title. So I'm hoping that means we get to see more of him at Excite because it was a, a lot of fun to have him there. There was a, a very, very long line for him, which was really good to see. A lot of people came out to see him specifically, which is awesome. Um, and it, yeah, it was a, a whole bunch of fun. And that was all the first night. Uh, and then Myers was there the, the second night, which was really cool. Did did my dear, good, close personal friend, bestie, if you will, uh, Brian Myers, did, was he successful in his venture in, uh, in Excite Wrestling this weekend? He wasn't either, but it's all Dan Barry's fault. So there you go. Dan Barry do. What, Kevin, what didn't he do is the real question here, okay? Oh, he he ate the pin. There was actually, a, it was a really fun match. There was a lot of cool tandem offense that uh, Dan and, and Myers had, but then there was a little bit of a rift after the match between uh, your your boyfriend, your your dear close personal friend, Brian Myers and Dan Barry. <laughs> so we'll see if... Uh, if that continues, if there's any more angst there, but um, Cade Lothbrook and Dante Drago, who I I just adore that guy too. Uh, what a great wrestler and and human being. He's so much fun to watch. They they won there, and he's been to wrestle pro and stuff. So nice. That's right. And uh, Matthew Birch, old faithful. Uh, I feel the list of stuff Cade is doing growing more between each appearance on the show. One of the hardest workers in the podcast game right now. You ain't lying, kid. Well, thank you. That's really kind of you. I'm For one sure. of the the tiredest. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a word. That's a that is definitely a word, and it's something that you say when you're as tired as I am. But yeah, I'll be. I'm on track to do 400 shows this year. So. Oh my God! And Asian Joe chimes in. This might be the most cordial version of the Shining Wizards podcast ever. That's what we. That's what we're trying to do right here, baby. This is going to be interactive. So uh, those in the chat, feel free to keep commenting. We will do our best to to pull up your comments. Um, like I said, this is free form podcast, lots of stuff going on, lots to talk about. Kate, sticking with your, your commentary stuff. Are you, are you, uh, are, is it a two, two person booth, three person booth, two person booth. And, uh, the other guy in there, Mike is fantastic. He does the play by play for the most part. This weekend was really weird because we were just kind of, um, it was a, it was a balloon rally and an outdoor setup. So we were kind of just trying to have clean sight lines. Like it was definitely an unorthodox setup from where we're normally at. So it was a little bit more even, but he just makes it so easy to come in and, and work around him and just add what I can. Cause he's just very, very reliable and uh, makes it a dream to come in there and do this. I haven't been doing it that long and this is the only place I've ever done it. So it's, right. it's a nerve wracking experience, but he's, he made it really easy for me. So what was it? The, um, was it the hometown thing that kind of linked the connection? Was it the Fightful stuff? Did this happen before Fightful? Like what, when, how did, how did you get into this? I'm sure you may have told this before, but I have the memory of a goldfish. So no, uh, I, I don't think I actually have talked about it that much. Um, it was mostly the hometown connection. I was actually kind of working with Mike Freeland, a uh, friend of the show very That's much. Right. And he, I kind of seen some of my stuff. I wasn't at Fightful yet. I actually got hired at Fightful the week that I first started doing commentary at Excite, um, which I always appreciated because they invited me around before I was even at Fightful, which was cool. But my freelance saw me and was had some cool ideas of how he wanted to interact with independent promotions, doing like pre-shows and post-shows and making independent promotions bigger shows out to feel like a bigger production of um, kind of hyping up those cards and... I I always thought that was like a, a cool idea and 
that piece of it kind of fell to the wayside, but the relationship with Excite kind of started there. Um, and it's, yeah, it is, it is kind of fun to go back to my hometown once a month or so and, and to get to go there. I'm excited because they're doing a baseball stadium show too. And it's a double A AA baseball town. So looking forward to going there where I had my first job as a ticket office gal. I was going to say <laughs> KTG loves her baseball. I do. I do. Even if it's the Mets affiliate, that was always a, I was just going to ask what team it was. It is the, they used to be the Binghamton Mets. They're now the Binghamton Rumble Ponies because everybody in double A has to have a weird name. Uh, but I like that. it, uh, it, so Binghamton is known for, and I, I say known for very lightly, but the <laughs> carousels being like free and accessible to the public are a part of the, the history there. So that's where like the Rumble Pony piece of it came in. I thought it would have been cool because it used to be the the Binghamton triplets back in the day. I think they were like one of the first Dodgers affiliates way, way, way back in the day for the triplets, the triplets for um, like a triple cities thing. But uh, I don't know how I feel about that. They they did like one of the fan voted contest gimmicks. And that's what happens when you do one of the fan voted contests. What the fuck's up in the water in Binghamton? Well, it was was a very Bodie McBoatface situation. uh, (laughs) I think the Savannah Bananas really put a stake in the ground. And then everybody started naming themselves silly things. But I that was actually my second job. I worked at a pizza place. um, And I worked at the Binghamton Mets at that time stadium shortly after. Did I didn't. Any, did you get any swag? I did. Uh, any Mets swag? I think, yeah, I had some stuff. I had our uniforms were horrendous. They were like these giant orange polo shirts. They were like that Mets bright orange. And I was like, you could have gone with the Navy. Like, this isn't yeah. like a fun memento to take away. Um, but I, I have some stuff that's kicking around. I definitely have a foul ball that was hit into the parking lot where a player hit his own car, which I think is probably like the funniest Get out of here. <laughs> momento that I was able to take with me. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Isn't that insane? <laughs> and where was he parked? <laughs> like- so it was uh, when they had fireworks nights, you have to close off half the parking lot. And so when they do that, it's like all the players have their cars very close kind of to the field and right. then it's employees and then further back from that. So it, it was kind of in a hot zone, but like even so, to to hit your own car and not somebody else's car, and you still have to clear things pr- pretty well there. So um. <laughs> absolutely. And Kate, uh, Brendan Haney wants to know <laughs> what was the funny phrase Kate said at Excite this time. I'm guessing this is a running gag here, or this is a this has been a running gag. I didn't have one this time, but at the Mark Order, we do like um we've had people vote on a funny thing to say, or we'll give a category like a, a sitcom catchphrase or whatever. And then I try and work it <laughs> on commentary, which is really fun. And only something you can get away with on the in- indie scene, which is uh, the most fun part about it. I feel like I've, I've literally get away ones. with just about anything on indie in, in, in independent commentary. If done, if done right. Oh yeah. I've had like 22 skidoo. What else have I said on there? <laughs> Did you ever have these pretzels are making me thirsty? I did not have that. I feel like that. Why was that kicking around? I feel like maybe that got like nominated, but I had some stuff. I don't, I didn't grow up watching the Simpsons, but uh, I, everybody throws out Simpsons catchphrases and I just don't know what they mean, but say them anyway, which is probably a very dangerous habit to be in. But uh, the goggles, they don't do anything is something I think it was or whatever. <laughs> there were a few that were really, really Is fun, that Schwarzenegger? But I don't. I, it was a Simpsons thing. I don't. I have no idea. Uh, it had to have been the goggles. They do nothing. 
it was like uh, it had to have been that that Schwarzenegger ripoff guy. Does anyone even still watch The Simpsons? I don't know. I, this is what's so weird. Like I didn't watch The Simpsons growing up, but I did watch South Park at way too young of an age. That was like me and my dad's thing. But my mom like couldn't really stand. Like if there were cartoon or like video game voices in the background, she would get like very annoyed by it. So we were never like watching The Simpsons. But my dad and I would watch BattleBots and South Park back to back, and I was like, "There's no way my mom would have been let that fly." BattleBots, like, absolutely not. BattleBots Battle rules. I'll watch it tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, is BattleBots the one with the like the machines that like these the, like the engineers make and they just fight each other? Yes. So they brought it back a yeah, couple years ago yeah. and I it's really good. The new version's even better. It feels w- more like pro wrestling even cuz they have like a ring announcer now <laughs> that introduces the bots and like they're in their corners and stuff, but the is first that, iteration of that I that would be me and my dad's thing. We'd watch BattleBots. Is, is, to, is Tony Khan going to buy that and put it on YouTube? That's right. It's going to be uh on Watch BattleBots uh on, <laughs> that, on that Bot Lord. Club, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wait. Nope. That's not it. This one. Yo, it's the KJG and the KTG. You already know, Mott's Box. You already know, baby. Oh, man. Kate, lots to dive into, lots to digest. Um, Pro wrestling has been freaking on fire lately. Uh, This week has been no different. Lots of news, lots of notes, lots of events. And now I know what you guys are all thinking. You know, SummerSlam was Saturday. Why don't you start with SummerSlam? Uh Uh-uh. I we started start with, with excite. I want. I said it with excite. Yeah. <laughs> I want something else. I want to start with the other company, um, KTG. If you don't mind, is that okay with you, KTG? Let's let's talk whoever you want to talk about. I'm good. I'm game. I want to go in right into to AE Dub. Uh, I know, Kate. Before uh, before we hit the live button, you mentioned how, um, or maybe this was in the soft open. Uh, you mentioned how um, you really like Collision. Yeah. Uh, the, the, they're starting to to take shape uh, for the Wembley card. Uh, you got three high, very high-profile matches. Um, what are your thoughts on how? First of all, I guess we might as well just go over Collision while we have it, um, sure. because with 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 three shows before we even do a podcast, I guess we can spend time on Dynamite, but we'll leave that to the Mark Order. Um, we could spend time on Rampage, uh, but I think Collision is really, I guess, like the SmackDown to Dynamite's Raw. But a lot of people just like SmackDown to Raw yeah. might say that Collision is the better program. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on Collision and how you feel the, the Wembley Stadium card is taking shape? I think, so I like Collision a lot. To me, it feels, and my, uh, Matt says it like week over week on here, um, that it feels like the pro wrestling show. And like, I'm, I'm an in-ring gal, so matches that have that much breathing room. And it, it kind of feels to me more like the alternative that Dynamite started off feeling as where dynamite feels a little bit more not i hate this like pro wrestling versus sports entertainment stuff but it feels like it's kind of shifted a little bit more in that direction where I, it does feel like man there's just a lot of there's always one match on collision that i walk away from being like holy hell that match was great i feel like and um the presentation of it's great it was really really fun to go to live uh the the couple times i got to go so for me, and not just because CM Punk is there, but like I, I love the presentation. I love uh, the format. And I think it's good to have that alternative. Like I, I think it's important to be able to showcase different wrestlers in different ways on your own brand. So I'm, I'm really glad it's there. Um, and 
like a lot of my favorite guys do happen to be there, not just punk, but I love Andrade. I love FTR. I love Miro. I love, love, love Ricky Starks. I'm so glad he's gotten rejuvenated out of this. So just good stuff. Like it's, it's been really good to see. And as far as Wembley goes, like you're going to run punk and Joe and you're going to run FTR and the young bucks. Like there, I think like around 85,000, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up selling out. I'm just intrigued to see what they do with, with Kenny, because if it's going to be Jericho and Osprey, um, what does Kenny Omega do? Uh, that's a great question, especially now with um, with uh, Pac apparently is on the shelf. They just said yeah. on the, so that just uh, sucks. Yeah, that he sucks. guy guy can't catch a break. Um, it's it's Collision to me is is obviously um, it's a tremendously entertaining show. As I, I mean, I I still don't hold any like uh, I'm not gonna say ill will because that's stupid. It's a wrestling show. You can't hold ill will towards an inanimate object. Um, but I still don't. I don't think that my enjoyment of Collision takes away from my enjoyment of Dynamite. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. they just so, feel and, different but equal, kind of. Yeah, and it's almost like people are now like, and, and I, I, I don't want to say it's like a a rapidly changing thing, but now people are almost like going into war underneath the AEW umbrella, which is so freaking like now it's like one has to be better than the other when it's all under the same, uh, same thing. I will say this about Collision. It almost seems like there's like AEW when it first started was the, I guess for lack of a better term, the indie darling, the 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 company that gave the guys breaks, and now Collision seems to be like the show that's a subset of that same umbrella that people really like more than the guys that were getting pushed on Dynamite, like the Andrades, like um, I mean Darby Allen is on both shows, obviously, mm-hmm. even uh, FTR is on both shows. But like your Andrades, you know, your Malachi Blacks, your Miros, who were like, all right, they're in AEW now, Dynamite. They're gonna all gonna be huge stars. Ah, not so fast. But now, now Collision is giving them the opportunity to to provide their fans with an opportunity to see them every week. Whereas the one show a week, clearly that was not that was not happening with them. Yeah, and I think. Um... It's so funny because you can't really say it's talent hoarding when people are independent contractors as much. Like when WWE was in talent hoarding mode or whatever, they signed a lot of people just to put on the shelf and prevent them from signing somewhere else. But AEW's roster did, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, get very bloated, like to the point where people just weren't getting TV time. Um, I've always had complaints about the, the women's lack of screen time and it's that just gets compounded by the fact that like there's a lot of men with a lack of screen time too and it it was like impossible and there's still people that like i have no idea why ethan page is not on my screen like it it kind of blows my mind and and if he is he shouldn't be like standing outside during like a hardy boys match exactly a hundred percent a hundred percent with it so i mean i get it like you want to get and 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 this is part of me it kind of feels like the, the reason why you have all these guys paired up together and I, I guess it's an admiral, admiral. It's kind of like when Vince, like SummerSlam, all these guys are on, don't have a spot on the card. Let's put them in a battle royal. Some of these guys might not have a spot on the card. Let's at least make them walk out to the ring. Let's put them in a group together and then forget that the group ever existed a week later and then put them in a different group. And then, so again, I'm not, this isn't bashing. Uh, this isn't, that's not the, what I'm trying to do. That's not the platform I'm on right now, bashing anything because I still love AEW. I'm all AEW. Love it. Love them. Um, Love, uh, love the wrestling. But let me ask you this real quick. Um, and I have a, a new segment, new game that I wanna that I wanna introduce. Not yet though, but later on, it's gonna be called Glad, Sad, Mad, dot dot dot, or indifferent. 
uh, <laughs> where I, I picked out a bunch of highlights from uh, this last week in professional wrestling uh, across all the boards, mostly AEW and WWE, though. Um, and I'm just going to see if that makes Kate and myself glad, sad, mad, dot, 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 or indifferent. Uh, so you mentioned uh, the woman. Uh, we got a, we got a taste of them. Statlander is now clearly going to be on, most likely, uh, for the most part, on Collision. Unless she's been on Dynamite. I'm an idiot, if that's the case. I think but, she's she's floating a little bit, but it does seem like her and Mercedes had a, a great match. Like, it, yeah. um, Mercedes is another one who, like, lost and lost the ROH title and kind of just was lost in the shuffle a little bit. So that's the last thing that I think they need to straighten out is what's the relationship with ROH looking like. And last week's ROH was the best episode in a long time, long time. So very, very encouraging to see there, but yeah. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into ROH a little bit because that is Kate's forte, uh, the telethon known as ROH. <laughs> uh, but anyway, going back to, to collision and now them setting up the, this card for Wembley. I have a, I have a take that I'm not hundred percent sure a lot of people will like, and to me, and let me ask you this question. Let me preface it by asking this question to you first. Other than, again, we only know three matches. I'm assuming that we might get Darby Allen, Luchasaurus on this at some point. Other than maybe Adam Cole and MJF, the addition of Young Bucks, FTR, and Samoa Joe, CM Punk, do you see this show continuing as a storytelling device, or is this just a one-night-only 85,000 people, whatever, bought tickets. Let's give them the best possible matches we can. Like, do you see in a world where after this, we go to Chicago the next week and we're still having a CM Punk Samoa Joe feud or we're still having a Young Bucks FTR feud? Do we put our hands together and mix all three? I, like, so to me, I was a little less impressed just because the, it seems like they're booking for the crowd, which they should because the crowd did work over the money before anything was announced yeah this is wild so which is nuts in amongst itself and like you mentioned the possibility of of an omega osprey match looms in the balance uh who knows what chris jericho is going to do who knows you know what the acclaimed who knows what the bucks well we know what the bucks are going to do um you know the bullet pool the bullet bullet pool wait what is it blackpool Black comeback. Comeback club, the bullet pool club the bullet pool comeback guns I'm I'm in on it. I'm in on the Bullet Pool Club. Let's go. <laughs> b -b -b bullet Pool. <laughs> Maybe it's gonna be Mox and Omega. Actually, I didn't even think about that. That could be. You could do a Mox Omega uh, again. Yeah, I, I guess. So I'm basically. Do you see this furthering anything, or do you just feel like this being other than like I said, Adam Cole and possibly MJF uh, leading into a rematch in Chicago with some sort of stipulation? Um, do you? Do you see this as just a one-off type of show? I think it almost can't be because you have all in and all out back together, but I think you're going to see like the, the fact that FTR and the Bucks are doing like Bucks FTR three right after the elite sign, I think is a, a promising sign for maybe that we are going to get started on the trio story. I think that the Bucks and the Elite would have been stupid not to leverage this into their contracts. Like, it would have just been dumb to not make a bunch of money off the fact of, like, if we're going to work with that fucking guy again, 
you're going to pay us a lot of money because that's going to draw more money than anything in history, probably. Right. So it makes sense that the contracts took that long. It makes sense that they got paid very high. So hopefully that means that there there is a possibility that that happens. So you could easily set that up out of FTR and uh, the Bucks, right? I think that would involve an FTR heel turn that would have to happen there, which would be tricky. Um, but who knows? Like every it, that whole situation feels like everybody's tweener. So I don't even know what you do right. with that. Um, Joe and Punk, it's like they, you know, this is this is kind of the benefit I feel like of having so many people in different stables. Is there so many ways that you can go about stuff of um, making everybody's friends beat each other up. Like what's Jay white doing, right? Like you could do punk and Jay white. If you're keeping punk face, which I, I don't really love. Um, I don't, yeah. I did not like the end of, I liked everything in collision except the last like five minutes. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> so so <laughs> it was a little, the last five minutes was a little, I don't want to say clunky, but a little anticlimactic. It, um, and I get it. Like I get it. Steamboat is up there. He can't dive into the ring and make a three count like just like that. Like so, he like, sold the shit out of his spot, though. I gotta be yeah. honest. Like he did a good <laughs> job. My thing is, uh, a a like a baby face CM Punk does nothing for me. And I'm like a huge punk gal, but like I think you have this this weird battle where you've turned Ricky Stark's heel, which is good. I think it, it was a nice shot in the arm. But, like, you have people that genuinely want to boo Punk, and then you have people that are fans of him who know that he works heel better. So it's like everybody wants to boo Punk, and I think you can get away with tweener Punk, but what they did on on the main event of Collision was babyface stuff, and that is, like, so boring to me. I have no interest in a babyface CM Punk. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, part of me, like, I do like, I, I do like a good heel, but part of me, like, loves, like, rooting for somebody. And when CM Punk first showed up in AEW, like, I swear to God, that no matter who's to blame for that, that that scrum, that scrum with, between the elite and and him, no matter who's to blame, that totally, I mean, obviously he was hurt too, but that like totally changed the narrative on on what Punk was trying to do for for AEW and what he's still trying to do, a la you know Ricky Starks. Yeah. And so like, I don't think Punk, even though at the end of Collision, people he had a pretty nice little CM Punk chant going. He did. So I don't know if that's because he came to the aid of Steamboat. He threw a chair down the freaking ramp at Ricky Starks or or what it was. But the crowd, and I will say this about the AEW crowd for most part of what I've noticed in live events because I haven't missed a show uh, in a long time is I, it almost seems like they don't know what they want because like they, they, like they boo punk and then all of a sudden the majority cheers punk. And then it feels it, weird because they, he came back in Chicago and then they went to Canada, right? right? Which well, is that makes sense. Kenny's. And then, so you don't really know what the reaction is from town to town. That's why I don't hate the idea of him being tweener, yeah. but I think there's a lot of people that would get on board with booing him because they know he's more effective as, as a heel than a face. So I'm like, why, why aren't we turning this guy? So I also liked the idea of punk teaming up with Jay white. Like I thought the idea of like punk turning on CMFDR Wow. Uh, I never even thought of that. Like, would have been that's such a nasty combination because I feel like Jay White and Punk are such different heels that that could have been so much fun, and it, it feels like a missed <laughs> opportunity to me. But like the way, like, and and again, Jay White's another guy that's benefiting from Collision, along with um, along with uh, what's his name, Juicy Juice. <laughs> um, Juice is so 
Juicesaurus. Juicesaurus. Christian's promo on Collision was my favorite thing that happened on either <laughs> SummerSlam or on Collision and maybe in wrestling history. Was that his I kid? Was, I, I, I think so. It was definitely, that kid was a, a plant multiple nights but it looked like okay. him so were they, in, uh, were, they was, were they in florida they were well i know they were in florida for they did the, the dailies place i know they were in tampa for dynamite and i know they said like they're going to do the the rampage the, you know the pre-tape rampage uh backlot brawl so i wonder if they were in florida and christian just had his kid there very possible right she looks like him so if it yeah. wasn't his kid um but like, yeah, I'm. I feel like Collision being a vehicle for Jay White is good. Yeah. Um, Jay White versus Kenny would be. I mean, that's a New Japan Dream match again, right? They were in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, so yes, close. Thank you, Scott George. Scott George is great. Um. So, uh, so th- I feel like if CM Punk did align now, would you had just aligned him with Jay White, or would the whole Bullet Club Gold have to have been involved. I would have done. I probably would have put Punk in Bullet Club Gold because Juice and the Guns are so goofy. Having like Jay White as that like assassin presence almost, and then Punk as kind of like the more loudmouthy talker guy. I feel like there's such a good balance in that. And then like him and Samoa Joe are on the same side of things, and Samoa Joe can just pop up as an ass kicker for whatever you want, like. That's a really that's a compelling oh, little no. group running Saturday nights. <laughs> For me, like the thought of like CM Punk leading Bullet Club Gold is just kind of like screaming like new Nexus all over again to me. <laughs> like, well, it, it would be cool to me if it was like a I like stables that kind of have like two headed snakes like that. Like if it's I feel like him and Jay White are so different in their presentation and the way that they operate um i think it could be a really cool balance if you had both of them at the the front of this and another new nexus correlation if they didn't kick True. wade barrett out, you could have punk and wade barrett lead the new nexus and you had that two-headed snake there too it's true it's true and like another situation where they're both like pretty different guys i just the only time i don't like that is if they're too similar because then it just feels redundant but like if stylistically they're different i think that's that's super fun yeah i mean it's you, you always like use the analogy. Like, I, I believe I stole this from the office when like, um, when like Jim and Michael Scott, like were both like co-managers in the office and like Oscar's like, yes, sh- show me a ship with two captains. Show, <laughs> yeah. show, you know, show me a church uh, led by two popes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, but I, that doesn't mean you can't be intrigued by it and not wonder how, maybe it doesn't work out. And then that, you know, makes the story. That's, that's where you go with the story or you, you get lucky and it does work out. And then you have this direction to go with the story. Um, so I brought this up with Matt, and you mentioned uh, about the Bucks um, possibly, you know, going to Tony Khan and be like, "Hey, man, if we're going to do this thing, pay us a lot of money." And now I feel like this would be the perfect time for, like you mentioned, to start that up again. Because I was starting to think, man, like if they don't do something with this soon, like I'm going to forget about it and just not care anymore. Like, like I that, that, that I might be in the minority there. But like I know, like AEW is a land of smart fan, like the smartest of the smart. So they they'll, they'll never forget. So like, but to me, like as like still like wants to keep a little bit of that casual fan inside of him. I'm like, I punks punks working Starks now, Bucks are working you know Blackpool Combat Club now. I'm okay with both of these things. 
Like, yeah, it's it is kind of weird because it's like you want to strike while the iron's hot, but I feel like with that situation, I don't think there's a wrong time to heat it back up, but I don't think there. But I think there's a right time. Like I think if you waited a year and revisited it, people are still going to be really interested. In, right. But I think if you can capitalize on it, why why wouldn't you? Especially when you're going cross brand, like you have collision that's just in its infancy so it's gonna need all the help that it can get um and they don't have a hard brand split so that's i think a really fun way to to kind of take advantage of that but we'll see i mean there there's still could very well be real animosity that is in the way of that just because just because the elite resign doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory <laughs> yeah and, i mean and you also saw on dynamite when kenny omega you know when they celebrated 200 episodes he did drop the collision name just like you know, a few months prior, Punk said, I'm, I'm not even supposed to be here. It's the Wednesday show. Like, so Easter eggs have been dropped. And I think me and Matt and uh, Tony and Kevin talked about this last week. And, um, oh, what the fuck? I just had a point. I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, the real world's championship. Thoughts on that? See, that's another thing where I'm like, this doesn't work with a baby faced punk. Like, I think I was so excited about it initially because. He's painting an X over the E and the um, on the AEW belt. He's talking about uh, his the symbolism of the the X that's been with him, and that was notoriously with a heel run of his. And maybe he still is. Like if he turns, a great way to turn CM Punk heel is to turn him on FTR. I mean, my God, yeah. like that that would be massive amount of heat. Um, but like I feel like that fake championship thing is already not like the greatest angle but i think there's a very clean way to have that get resolved of like whether it's punk and mjf revisiting their feud to unify right. them or kenny beats punk and then kenny and mjf unify them like i like the idea of it, it, i don't even like the idea it makes wrestling sense to resolve that right but you can't have like the fake championship angle on a on a face that's so weird and awkward and boring <laughs> why do you think why do you think they never tagged the interim thing on uh mjf like they had a history to do with you know the tnt championship and the tbs championship i think they did it with the tbs championship where they would just put an interim tag on it, it was it would seem like every other week there was an interim champion in uh in aew and they didn't do it this time so my thing is like I don't mind that CM Punk is doing it. Listen, Ric Flair did it, right? You know that's what that's the callback. We all know that he was doing all that Hogan shit for the weeks before too. I was like, he knows what he's doing. He comes yeah. out and spray paints the belt. Like I get it. <laughs> but the fact that AEW acknowledges it to me is like, like I mean, you if you wanted to acknowledge it, like put the interim tag on whatever belt MJF is holding. Like, yeah, it, it's I think. I think MJF didn't get the interim tag because there was so much real life cloudiness around it. And also, cause also like, let's not forget punk was pretty badly injured. Mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe they, I'm hoping they also kind of learned from their mistake in that way of like, uh, you look at what happened with Tony storm and Rosa. Right. And it was like interim and Rosa's still not back. So interim works if you i think know the end date when someone's gonna get back but i, I think people also got fatigued on it oh. um and it does feel like you're undercutting who currently has it but i kind of liked that you know when punk was gone and they did the interim thing the first time john moxley won because it was like now you're not telling me your interim champion is your filler champion you've now told me 
that your interim champion is a worthy champion. So I, mm. I kind of liked it, but my guess is um, you can't, you kind of can't do that with Max. He's like kind of too much lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And it, it, even with the injury, even like if Punk was a hundred percent healthy, we had until like collision chatter started, there was a chance that we didn't know that, that Punk was even going to come back at all. hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think, yeah, you kind of can't do interim when you don't know what the real life circumstances are around it. That makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, we are talking AWKTG and KJG here on the unsanctioned Shining Wizards Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, baby. Flush the format. I want. I stole that. I blatantly ripped that off from Z100. That's okay. That's what we do on radio. Flush the right? format. <laughs> All right, Kate. How do you feel about switching over to some WWE? We can switch over to some WWE. WWE, of course. Now, the um, talk of the town is SummerSlam. Obviously, that happened on Saturday night. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that felt this way. I think this may have been the first uh, lame duck or, you know, lame uh, attempt at a WWE here. Uh, and one that you really couldn't afford to have, being that it's your second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Uh, wasn't too crazy about it, Kate. What'd you think? I, I was, like, unfortunately... I felt very bored for a lot of the cards. Like there, there wasn't anything that was outstandingly bad outside of, I feel like the ending was bad. I feel like the way they ended SummerSlam was bad. Um, but the whole front of the card, I was mostly just kind of like, everything felt very paint by numbers to me and extremely predictable. And I was also frustrated going into it that they, for time constraints, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley was on the, appeared to be a part of the Finn Balor and Seth Rollins stuff, but didn't have her own match. And then what they did to Becky and Trish, I just think is such a, a load of bullshit. Like that. Do we, do we know what, do we know whether that, that was ever even supposed to be scheduled for that for SummerSlam? It was. And she did a whole Becky posted a, her photo shoot. Um, that was done for SummerSlam, although they just didn't put it on the card. And I, I think part of the frustration to me as a fan is, at Raw 30, they did this with Bailey and Becky Steel Cage match. And that was in January. And then in February, she went into building this stuff with Trish out. And so now the next long-term feud that's supposed to have a major blow-off, they bump her off of the big event that that's supposed to happen on again. And uh, not to be like too feministy about it, but at the same time, if you look at it as what it would be like if they did this with the men, to me, it reads like you have a Hall of Famer. So I, for comparison's sake, just took Stone Cold. I know Trish Stratus isn't on Stone Cold's level, but like respective to gender. I, th I, th I think, I think, she's, I think she's close. I think she's close. Close, close enough, right? Yeah. And then I feel like your uncrowned top baby face non-champion on the men's side would be Cody Rhodes. And I just can't imagine them doing a feud since February between Stone Cold and Cody Rhodes. And then just being like, oh, we don't have time for it at SummerSlam. And that's essentially what they did with the women. So Can, with, without having any knowledge, like I, I didn't know about the photo shoot, right? I didn't know that that was a thing that was going around, that was going around. So when I heard that when like uh, back on raw, when they announced that in two weeks in Winnipeg, that's where the match is going to happen. My, my initial thought was like, all right. So like, it's not the first time something like this has happened. Like, AEW might have like a big event coming up, but no, they'll promote a dynamite match 
as opposed to like a pay-per-view match. And I'm thinking like the same thing might have happened here. They're in Winnipeg. There's a lot of shows. Ratings are just as important now as they have ever been, if not more than they've ever been. I'm thinking to myself, like when I first heard like, Adam Pierce make that announcement on Raw, I'm thinking to myself, all right, you want to boost a number? That'll get a good number. I mean, SummerSlam's already paid for. SummerSlam will sell itself. Let's save this, build it up tonight, and then, you know, do something really cool with them tonight. Maybe close the show with them tonight, uh, in a pull apart or, or this and that, and get us to them headlining next week. Is, is am I delusional in that line of thinking? Like, is it is it there? Isn't there too much to promote that if you can put your top guys here, your top girls there, your top performers here? I mean, I can't. I don't even know how premium live event payouts work. So, like, I don't even know if you're getting a payout for that anymore. But it's so like it's. I don't know. I just felt like there's a whole lot to promote. So why not save this for a show in two weeks on on Raw? Uh, because they already did all the wrestling work to lead it to SummerSlam and then okay. moved it. Um, and on top of that, it wasn't just them. You also we now know, unfortunately, today that Sonya Deville is injured, but you didn't have the women's tag titles on it. And you also didn't have Rhea freaking Ripley on it. Yeah. And on top of that, Asuka felt like the the third most important person in her own triple threat. Yeah, so that was, that was strange that she got the second intro in that. It, they had like this, the C4 branded, whatever the hell, but like the fact that she came out second, uh, this was the only story that her title was actually kind of in, and she was the least important part of it. The fact that they had Bianca go over and EO cash in on Bianca. Well, we've already seen damage control versus Bianca for literally months. Um, and everybody, I think, kind of wanted this EO and Asuka feud. It, it just, uh, it's it's a real bummer. And I feel yeah. like they had already, I mean, to go from February to August with this feud, all the work that especially Becky put in, because Trisha's looked all right, but she did not look great when this started. And, and Becky's done everything she could to raise Zoe Starks up through this who came in hot and now feel like she's kind of fallen off a cliff. It just, it felt like a slap in the face because they had already kind of indicated they did all the wrestling work to say it was going to be on SummerSlam. And now they're moving it to Winnipeg and Trish Stratus even tweeted like, I don't, that's not even my hometown. Like, I'm, yeah, it's just from Toronto. Toronto. I'm pretty sure Winnipeg, Manitoba and Ontario don't really like each other. As far as I know. No, like, it's like not a, yeah. it's not like a, that, it's just very clear that they tried to pretend that that was the reason, right? And yeah. not like authentically, like, oh, it's a hometown thing because it's not her hometown. But I, I will and, say like, this: Americans though. think Canada's one place, right? It's like no. oh, yeah. so. Like as a big hockey fan, like I know the ins and outs of how different provinces like each other, don't like each other. The Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's no love loss there at there all. There you go. And even though even though the Leafs are in the east and uh, the the Jets are in the west, but. There is but that... like listen to what you just said. They're in different divisions. That's how yeah. far apart they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not someone's hometown. And Matthew Birch is kind of alluding to this in the chat. Like we had all these video packages. We had that Slim Jim Battle Royal, which had no stakes on it. Like there's um they should have cut more stuff for time constraints because we still finished it at midnight anyway. And figure out a way to get it on the card. Like people will say, like, well, what would you have cut? And I'm like, well, first of all, that's not my job. Second of all, I usually yeah. have something that I, I can point to. Uh, you had no stakes on the Battle Royal. I understand that they made a shit ton of money from it, but um, there's just there's no excuse for it. Like there was an hour between when EO Sky cashed in in the middle of the, the men's championship match. Like 
figure it out. Do the radio edit of Roman Reigns' entrance and you're there. Like, Yeah, and going back to why, <laughs> why SummerSlam confused me, it's like, I, I mean, I, again, I always say let it play out, let's see what happens. But to me, like EOS guy cashing in in a total heel move when you had the perfect storyline set up with her chasing uh, Asuka, which is what people wanted, and now Oscar doesn't get pinned, and now she, now is Oscar going to be a baby? Is she going to be a good guy again? Like is she, now she is, is she going to chase the heel Eos guy? To me, Oscar is the natural uh, bad guy in this, and eventually maybe Eos guy does turn on Damage Control. But how can he do that after that like that legit real moment they they shared in the ring with Dakota Kai and and Bailey? And it was it just this whole show had a, just a weird weird vibe to me. Um, it was not the. It did not feel like the biggest party of the summer, Kevin. I think yeah. that's what like. And, I I just couldn't care less about Cody Rhodes right now, man. Like I know. Oh my I, god. I know, and I couldn't disagree with you more. I <laughs> so <laughs> am sick. Uh, if I have to hear about his fucking injuries or his dad anymore, I'm gonna vomit. I'm so bored by this. I I don't. But he's got so much passion in his promos, and he doesn't really mention Dusty as much anymore. By the way. He doesn't. It just got so driven to the ground. But Kevin, like, yes, he has so much passion in his promos. What the hell is he saying? Like, he's he's saying nothing. And that part's not even his fault. I Cody Rhodes, the performer, I think is great. I think he's one of the best storytellers that there is. But they never gave us a reason for any of this Brock and Cody stuff. The initial reason they started this feud was because Brock was mad that Cody made a vented media. That was his spot is what this all started with. And that is not a story, and it's definitely not one that takes you this far. So I'm just like, I couldn't have been more bored. And and the upsetting thing is, I feel like both the Bloodline story and this story would have been helped so much if Roman dropped one title. There's such an easy way to do it. Right. And that Cody Rhodes wins one title, Brock is livid because he chased Roman around for like a fucking decade and didn't end up with it. That is an infinitely more compelling story right there. And then on the other side, you have Roman now clinging to the one title he has left and doing anything he can to keep it and going absolutely maniacally insane, trying to hold on to this one thing he has left and questioning everybody in the bloodline who let this happen, that he lost to Cody Rhodes. Like There was such a natural, perfect divergence there that I feel like both stories would have been infinitely better if they had just let that happen. But instead, we have Brock chasing Cody around and maiming him for no given reason. So while Cody gives a great promo, I don't, I still don't know what the fuck did, any of these promos were about. Did you? <laughs> what See, you know, you know, you know what sucks is that you really putting me on the spot. I just said I loved all of it, but I really can't, <laughs> like, I really can't remember other than saying like, I will fight Brock Lesnar today. I will fight Brock Lesnar tomorrow. I will fight Brock Lesnar in the parking lot. I will fight Brock Lesnar at the Dunkin' Donuts. I will fight, I will fight Brock Lesnar in the middle of the Slim Dream Battle Royal. I will I will bump Trish and Becky Lynch and fight <laughs> Brock Lesnar. It's, um, but it, it's not that, even like it's I not Cody's fault. I can't tell fault you what he either. said, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it, he says nothing very artfully. And I, I had that complaint with punk for a, a lot of these collision promos where I'm like, you're not saying anything because you're not in a feud at that point. Right. Like, so I I'm always impressed by people who can make nothing sound great, but 
and, and none of that's Cody's fault. I just feel like you had Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes and creative that was aimless this entire time. Like they never really gave us a reason. And th that's the one thing I remember Cody saying in this promo was he was like, I don't know why this guy is attacking me and me being like, yes, nobody does. <laughs> like Nobody knows why this guy is after you. It like literally this. happened out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, like for no reason. I'll be for your partner, months. buddy. I'll be your tag team partner. Hey, we're friends now. We're friends. Nope. And all that, there's so many things that they could have just, if they had just given us a real reason, um, it could have been so great, but like because Brock is so vicious in the way he attacks people, like to be that vicious to have no motivation to hurt someone doesn't work. Like you cannot go break this guy's arm um, for no reason. Like that does that doesn't doesn't track. Did you did you watch? Speaking of your vitriol for Cody Rhodes, did you? Did you watch uh did you watch the documentary, the Peacock special? I have not watched it. I intend to. And I I really like Cody. I just am very over this presentation of him right now because it feels so there's no layers to it because they haven't given him any reason to fight anybody since Mania. <laughs> so I brought this up with with the guys a couple times. Are we I see I don't think we are yet, and I think I'll tell you why I don't think we, we're there yet. And it's literally just one word. Um do you think that we are at the point where people might start seeing him like they did John Cena and like they did Roman Reigns? Are we anywhere, in your opinion, are we anywhere close to that yet? No, I think um, I feel very much in the minority of being over Cody Rhodes. I think there's a lot more okay. people that feel like you than than I do. And even if you listen to the reactions in the, the arenas, like they're not mixed reactions. Yeah. He's very over in spite of all this. And I, I think that goes to exactly what you were saying. Like Cody is great. They need to give him creative that matters. And the one good thing that came out of SummerSlam was like, it was a definitive win. He used the stairs, which was weird because he flat out cheated and should have been DQ'd. Did he use the stairs before the table spot? He did, right? It was before the table spot. Yeah. Okay. Like that should have been a DQ. And when you bury refs that early in the card, it just looks bad, especially because it's so like, well, why would anybody not try and break the rules this guy's not enforcing them so like pro wrestling is always weird like especially the disqualification stuff like i've seen it done both ways and i've even heard the the announcers mention it where like if it happens outside the ring technically it's not a dq but i've also seen stuff being called the dq that was outside yeah. the ring like so somebody that sneezes they, they, on they, someone sometimes yeah. it is yeah. yeah they flipped the coin and decided no this is not a disqualification today so it's up to as i always say the referee's jonathan discretion <laughs> yeah don't get me started on discretion uh, <laughs> um all right so real quick uh we did have picks uh tony yeah. matt handsome kevin and i so we're gonna um, did i is this the this is not the right is this the right banner you oh, have the general banner right? i have the general banner technology everybody and look, you can get the banner up, but we know the picks music is where it's at. We need the, I see, I, I, the music. So is that on the soundboard? I, it's on the soundboard. I don't have access to the picks music, so I can just go like, "Oh, Tony!" It's time for the shining wizard's picnic. No, everybody, everybody, <laughs> loves, everybody loves picks, but Tony because he stinks. All right, so real quick, we're gonna run down the SummerSlam picks. Um, KJG overall is still in the lead, one sixty-one, sixty-two, and two. I went four and three last night. Tony is actually tied with me. 
161, 67, and two. He had a he went a whopping six and one. Wow. Uh, last good, night. Good Matt on him. is uh, in third good. with 157, 71, and two. He went four and three as well. Statman Jones, Brendan Haney is 153, 75, and two. He went four and three. And last place is Handsome Kevin, 144, 84, and two. He had a respectable night last night at five and two. So me and T Donk are tied uh, for the lead in uh, the old Pixie McGixkies. And, um, and so, yeah. So getting back to it, um, anything else that you took away from SummerSlam? Oh, God. So I, I kind of wanted to do this in like, I, I guess we could circle back to it in the glad, sad, mad, and or sure. indifferent game. Because uh, I have a bunch of topics here that, that we could do. Anything though? Oh, thoughts on, um, on uh, I guess, Raw having enough of Kevin Patrick and uh, Michael Cole going back on, uh, on Raw now. I think Kevin Patrick seems like a lovely fella. Who oh, baby. That terrible is... at commentary. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, that's what we call a political answer, but then you just said he sucks. No, you know what it is, too? It's, um, and he's even said in interviews and stuff, like he was just told he was on commentary that night. Like there was no preparation or acclimation to the role, and he's not great. Um, and it's, I think it's even it's compounded by the fact that he's in there with Corey Graves, who is very polarizing. Like he's not my favorite, but people who like him really like him for what he does. But you have to be, I think, a really strong kind of like straight man there to offset Co- uh, Corey Graves, whether you like him or not, to to make that dynamic work. And it just doesn't. Uh, and I think. It's just so weird to me that they keep Vic Joseph in NXT because I think Vic Joseph's really good and Booker T's a fucking mess down there and there's nothing he can do about it. And I'm like, why would you not get like, I think you've got Cole and Joseph being on opposite anchoring roles would be something that's really, really good for the brand. And then you can kind of fill in with Graves and Barrett and whoever around that. Um, I feel like like they have to know that. They they have to know that Booker T's the drizzling shits, which is why they keep Vic Joseph there. It's it is painful every Tuesday. It, yeah. is, it is rough. He doesn't he doesn't know who anybody is. Like he just does not watch the product or care. He knows Roxanne because he trained her and nobody else. <laughs> but yeah, so like I I've I've been said I've been saying it since he was on SmackDown. Booker T is the worst right there. <laughs> oh gosh. And it's only gotten worse because it's like he doesn't he just says the same things about everyone. Like you could just have a soundboard um, yeah. and play like Shucky Ducky Quack Quack, Champagne Wishes and Caviar Dreams, the heart of this kid. Let me tell you something. And that's your, your whole broadcast. Yeah. Scott George, no, we did not pick the Battle Royal because only like 12 guys were announced. And like we saw with uh, Omas, we did not know if anyone else was going to be added that might be uh, um you know, uh, a wild card that could actually take it away from LA night. And so we did not pick that. And because we were all super busy that day, we had to get our picks in by a certain time. So we wouldn't be able to do it. Even if we saw somebody surprise us at the entrance, we wouldn't be able uh, to do that. Um, So do you want to wrap a bow on SummerSlam? Is there anything else that you think that, that needs to be mentioned? Um, I, I really liked I really liked uh, Drew versus Gunther a lot. And I feel like it just got lost in where it was on the card. Um, Shayna and Ronda, your mileage may vary on, but I'm glad that 
I'm glad that that feud went the way it did since it sounds like Ronda might be done and, and Shayna going over, I think was good. I know the MMA rules thing was not for everyone and kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I had but, no idea that it was even, a, I, I watched Raw every week. I had no idea it was an MMA rules match. They kind of threw it. I thought the promos on Raw were fantastic. Yes. Now they, they were kind good. of threw it in there, but I think because the actual promos were so great, that part almost got lost in it a little bit. Cause it was like, holy shit, Shayna just like called out her goddaughter or whatever. Like, yeah, that was kind of more the takeaway. And I, I was glad about that. Um, but yeah, I liked the ending of Seth Rollins and Finn, even though Judgment Day isn't for me, it was nice to see like the, the overbooking not work because we see the overbooking work all the time. Um, Damian Priest is now a meme forever, whether he wants to be or not with his face. That was absolutely hysterical. Well, when, when he was staring, when he was staring down Finn, like, <laughs> i gotta i gotta check that out i gotta go find that and um yeah it was i i liked the briefcase coming into play and seth and it only worked because of seth's timing with it like him using the briefcase to slam finn's head into it was was really well done like and you have to have that t- spot time perfectly and i i was really glad that he did uh but but yeah, I thought I, I think maybe Shayna and Ronda should have just been a submission match. Like I don't think the MMA rules thing worked, but I, I felt like a lot of it was just very, very predictable. Like I you knew Cody was gonna win, Brock throwing him out of the ring a bunch, I thought was very, very boring. But I mean the main event I thought was the worst decision that they made with the bloodline in a yeah. really, 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 really long yeah, time. Yeah, and but that to me that was predictable too. Like like one way or the other I just to me, this was like the first, maybe not the first, but the one that I can remember, I guess, because it was two days ago. This is like the first real major hiccup, unless maybe you could think of another one in this whole this whole three-year-long story. Yeah, I mean, my thing is it's like the universal title right now is just like the send them home and away title. Like it, um, oh, also, I, I, my, real quick, did you notice that he only had the one belt this time when he came out? I did, yeah, and I... So, to me, it's like you didn't give it to Drew at Clash. You didn't give it to Sammy in Montreal. You didn't give it to Cody. Uh, and I, I feel like those are all forgivable things leading into this. I think the, the ultimate, from a purely creative standpoint, resolution is that you give it to Jay. Uh, because it's the ultimate payoff of where you started this story. Right. But even if you want to have Roman retain, Jimmy turning on Jay makes absolutely no sense. I don't know how much you keep up with SmackDown specifically, but Every like, week. so perfect. So you've seen Jimmy was the first person to turn on Roman. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think they're going to do the he's back in cahoots with Roman thing. I think they're going to do the why are you main event Jey Uso and I'm never main event Jimmy? And I just think that's the weakest fucking thing. Like, so do you think ugh. he's gonna? You think he's gonna be like the only thing about Stinger that's for sure is that nothing's for sure? Kind of like like Lone Wolf Jimmy Uso. I don't know. I mean, they they clearly want to do a, a Jimmy and Jay feud, which I'm sure will like that piece of it'll be great. But it's also just like I think this is the third time we've seen a masked figure appear, and this is. Yeah. Every match is like, oh my god, somebody in the bloodline accidentally either hit a super kick or a spear on not who was intended. Um, and that's my whole thing was like, I felt like this was building to Roman retaining and then maybe everything switches to solo. And I, I thought that would have been awesome because if there's 
if it's not going to be Jay, and I think it still might be Cody, but to me, it's like, okay, if it's not Jay, the ultimate payoff is to actually make a new star in Solo Sokoa. And I feel like that guy has nailed every beat of this. Um, I didn't think they were going to do it, but like, I thought that would have been a really, really cool reward for things um, because it, it actually makes a new star out of someone. And uh, I feel like now Solo is like the most lost in the shuffle when he should not be. So I'm not as, and I think Solo was necessary to be added to the bloodline when you had all four of them together. To me, like, I don't know, like, do you, as I sit here right now in August of 2023, do I want to see a Roman Reigns Solo Sokoa main event WrestleMania? Like, I think you do at Royal Rumble. I think but, there's, there's something like interesting. I, well, and it's like, if you build it the right way, I think you could. I I watched Solo all through NXT too, so I I think I have a little bit. Um, a lot of people have only seen Solo on the main roster. Like he never he never says anything. They're like very impressed by like his body language and how he carries the story in that way. But like I've seen Solo as a face, and I've seen him give promos, and I know the guy's really good with that stuff. So I can understand why people might not be as bought in because he's mostly been a cog in the wheel. But like. I think you, you could, if you built out the story the right way, make it really, really interesting. Um, yeah, but, and, and, and I got to give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, nine times out of ten, they have done things the right way. And so so basically, I guess, so I don't know why. I know, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, every single time, like, Matt Hardy turned on Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Like, it's like, all yeah. right. So he's not like so. Jeff Hardy's not in the main event anymore. What can he do? Oh, let's put him. Let's feed him with his brother. It's like that to me. That had very much like Matt Hardy turning on Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy fought Edge at I think it was a Royal Rumble, and then that lasted till WrestleMania in a stretcher match, and then two weeks later on SmackDown, Matt Hardy was saving Jeff Hardy again. Yep. Like it's. it's I like it because. The Usos had the most successful tag run ever, right? Yes. So it, it's good to clear that out in a way. But at the same time, it's like now Roman's not going to be around for the next pay-per-views. I don't know if he defends it or like for, for the next few months or whatever. I don't know if he defends it at Survivor Series because Survivor Series just doesn't feel like what it used to anymore. So I'm like, are we just going to go through a, a few months of programming with no champion on SmackDown again? And I also don't, and I, I know I'm like down on the creative round Cody and up on the performer, but at the same time, I, I think they have a really long way to go. If they think they can sell me on the idea that Cody doing it the second time around is more rewarding than doing it the first time around with Cody. I, I just don't, I, I heard, uh, I saw Alan cheap shot on Twitter say like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And I was like, that's exactly it. Like, yeah you can't recreate the moment that you had. Right. Um, and I don't think there's enough creative to get you there. And I also feel like Cody right now, the things that make the most sense with him are to go after Gunther for the IC title. Cause that's his like, that's really his dad's title. And he beat Seth every time he faced him and Seth is walking around with the title. So I don't even feel like the logical story for him to finish is the one with Roman anymore. And I don't know if that's by design or if they're just going to give me what feels like the third best story for Cody now. Um, Cause Cody needs to win that title. He doesn't necessarily need to win it from Roman. Right. So no, I, you know what? That's a fair point. But now like now you have to take it off Roman and give it to somebody else. And then is Cody beating whoever beats Roman 
That's why I thought like a, a Jay or a Solo could be really interesting because I think you could have transitional reigns from them. I don't think they need months and months. And Cody coming back to beat one of them, I think you could do a lot of really fun stuff with. Um, and I feel like Jay winning it and then finding out he ain't the tribal chief that his cousin was is like actually really good for his character of like, holy shit, I was not ready for this role or whatever. And he drops it like pretty early. I but, got I, I got to be looking at this with with like straight like Cody blinders on. Like I have to be because like to me, like there's no other person that beats Roman than Cody. There's just not like because I, I won't get the same feeling if he beats jay or if he beats you know solo or if he beats or if he beats gunther like actually i could if if gunther beats seth and then cody maybe beats gunther for that belt before on his way to get like gunther to me is a future world champion like there's no doubt in my mind yeah they they love him but the other thing is now you have to get the ic belt off him first or you don't i don't know maybe you don't I think I think that'll happen soon because he's he's gonna break Honky Tonk's record, right? And then, yeah. oh, no. then gotta, you gotta break the record. Gotta break the record. Uh, that one I don't mind as much because it's like I feel like Gunther's reign has been really, really good. Yeah, and, and the last the last times we hear the Honky Donkey Man's yeah. name about <laughs> the time. I hope it's Seamus that does it. Like I, that would be Ooh. that's finishing a story. Seamus um, Seamus is letting people know how he feels. He's yeah. in his feelings right now, Seamus. He is in his feelings right now. <laughs> Seamus is all up in his feelings right now. Uh, but you're also listening like to the Shining you... Wizards podcast. It is KTG and KJG. Uh, here, follow Kate um, on the old Twitter, at Miss Kate Fabe on Instagram, at Kate's the Grams on Instagram, which I just said, Department of Redundancy Department. Uh, <laughs> you can find her on the Mark Order podcast right here on the Shining Wizards Network. Fightful, Fightful, Select, Sour Graps, ROH, and SmackDown post shows. And, of course, the dear, good, close, personal friend of the Shining Wizards, Kate. I feel like right now I'm going to take this opportunity to show some love to the Shining Wizards Network. Please do. And then show some love to the people that support us on the old Patreon. Love that for us. So let me go put the old banner up because I am the five-tool player. Boom. Guys, please uh, check out all the shows on the Shining Wizards Network. It is, um, it is uh, a family of podcasts that we, uh, we all love and uh, we treat each other with respect. And it's a really cool hodgepodge, uh, smorgasbord of different of different uh, concepts and different genres of podcasts. So let's get right to it. We got 30 screams or less. We got two opening shit. Wrestling Night in Canada, The Bread Club, that is Matt and Kiernan Thompson's vehicle, uh, New Japan. Um, Radioactive Metal, the guy's uh, Snowy's vehicle. The Turnbuckle Throwbacks, day one-ish right there. ROH Revelry, The Year of Duke and Rogue. Inconclusive breakdown, the broadcast, they live together, right? Right? That's us, right? Yes. And of course, <laughs> last but certainly not least, the Mark Order Podcast. Very abbreviated uh read for that because you know, you know, flying by the seat of my uh denim jean shorts here. That's what talking I'm doing. all things all elite at the Mark Order Podcast. Thank you very much. That's right, talking all things all elite at the Mark Order Podcast. And now I want to take this time to thank those who take their time to support the shining wizards as you can see right up there on that screen these are our patreon producers and you just like all these fine feathered friends here can support us for as little as one dollar a month so let's get to it of course first and foremost you have the queen of the shining wizards kathy hummer not to be outdone by the king of the shining wizards manny Kratzo. 
got Dan Rusinello at not Danny Russ. And of course, the wonderful co-host, guest host that I have here right there, Kate Hensler, Miss Kate Fabe, host of Sour Graps Fightful. That's the sixth plug of uh, the night for uh, for KTG. <laughs> Matt Garifo. Kate, is there any relation? There's no relation, actually, between Kevin Garifo and Matt Garifo. No relation. I don't know. He just he just wants to be like me. He's an imposter. Who that? Matt 81. Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock, the man of a million nicknames. At High Spot Tom. Marking out and ROH Revelry. And you got Brendan Haney, Statman Jones, at Irish Misfit, Ryan Schlong at the Mark Order. I'm sorry, at Mark Order Pod. He is part of the Mark Order Podcast. Mike Peterson at LOL Mike Peterson. And uh, I, we keep saying we're going to get rid of him from the list, but we're not. He's uh, one fourth of the Shining Wizards. That is Handsome Kevin at Year of Pod at JJ Rogue Means and TOTS Pod. Alrighty. Uh, Michael Hammond is here as well. Shout out to Michael Hammond and David Henry Bauer III at Bauerhausen TX. He makes experimental sandwiches on Matt's food truck. <laughs> um, That's not right. Yeah, no, no. Does that? Are you sure? He makes experimental pizzas on GarageBand. He eats experimental music. At he he eats experimental music. Nailed it. On Matt's front steps. There it is. There it is. All right. Then we that was a fun Bauer. Mad Lib. Yeah. <laughs> and uh William Mercier Jr. at W Mercier Jr. That's M-E-R-C-I-E-R-J-R. Want to thank you just like that. Support us uh for a little you, as you one have to, dollar. You have to say the thing. What's that? You have to say the thing about William Mercier Jr. I know we don't do that anymore. Why? I that's it, it, it's a the we the board we voted on it. That's rude. No, no, nah, nah, listen, we all we I can't all believe I missed that it was gone. Shame on me. So, like we said, follow us at patreon.com wizards podcast for just as little do- as a dollar a month. We just banged out some great bonus content. I mean, you can't get that for a dollar. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hit the scarrow for that. You gotta take, take, to take him to dinner first if yeah. you're gonna bang out that much content. Please, I'm, I'm a cheap date, White Castle and some, uh, some, uh, you know, Pat's Blue Ribbon, and I'm in there like swimwear. Now, how do we get this brand out of here? Lives are gonna be in William Mercier's hands. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm oh, I know back. what you mean, Kate. And I'm <laughs> telling everybody good night, Gracie, at the end of the show. I don't I give a you. shit. Remind me that I have to do the music for that, too. The, the outro music. <laughs> that should be fun. <laughs> I, Kate, so I mentioned earlier, obviously, we want to touch on uh, SummerSlam and obviously AEW. I mean, Impact, I mean, we don't have to touch on every wrestling show that, that existed this week. Um, but I do want to mention something that kind of happened under my nose, which I didn't know was going to happen. And it involves impact in WWE, and that is former guest of the show, Nick Aldis. Yeah, is now. Uh, I've seen reports that he has signed, I don't believe that to be true. I believe he is having a tryout backstage as a producer. What are your thoughts on, um, on Nick Aldis perhaps coming on board as a producer as opposed to a, as a talent here? I think it's a waste of Nick Aldis to do that. I, I feel like he's great in the ring. I feel like he would be a really good fit for WWE. Um, I'm trying to see if he was officially signed anywhere, but that's been the longstanding rumor for for a bit. I f- I'm kind of bummed because his time and impact was so short, and I think there was some some good juice in there. I think that could have been really really fun, but I don't know. I like I I like Aldis a lot. I feel like there's a lot of um, that they could do with him from a, a ring perspective, but uh, we'll see. I know there's like uh, 
some rumors too because I think Mickey James is booked in England right before All Out. That could be really fun. Maybe she's just making an appearance there, but like husbands and wives tend to travel together. So if Nick Aldis is still a free agent, good for him. But I feel like you're missing the mark if you're not keeping him in the ring. Like I, I think he he offers a lot from that perspective. Let me ask you this though, because and this can be me, me thinking like totally like weird paranoid outside the box, Kevin. Um, take it. Do you would they have to drastically change how he presents himself if if they brought him into either NXT or the main roster? Because to me, and this goes back to a gentleman we just finished talking about. To me, he's way too Cody Rhodes. Suit, respect, legacy, history. Um, to me, he would come across, if they didn't do something to his character or the way he presented himself, he would come, not a second-rate Cody, but like Cody a Jace. Uh, I, feel, I understand where you're coming from. I think Cody is so pure babyface right now, and Nick Aldis would be great as the foil heel of a similar presentation. I think you'd have to switch things up, but I think you could do similar archetype, other side of it. Um, you know, MJF is kind of like his his own lane, but like that same thing of like yeah. rich guy, fancy suit guy on on the heel side. I think is something that could be really effective uh, in encountering a guy like Cody. And I also think you could keep him tucked away on SmackDown in a mid card. Like, I don't know if Nick Aldis has to come in and be that guy, yeah. but I do think he's like, I would sign up for Nick Aldis versus LA Knight in a second, you know, or um, Nick Aldis versus Santos Escobar. There's, there's a lot of things that you could do uh, that don't necessarily have to like, not everybody has to come in and be that guy. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, like Karrion Cross is a great example. Like they, some of the guys that they brought back, like haven't really done what I think they thought they were going to do on the way back. So um, definitely well, would need to differentiate, but I, I feel like all this as a heel could, could yeah, be a nice flavor. And, to and the, the way you kind of just spelt it out, I'm almost kind of like doing a 180. You're like, well, maybe you don't have to. Like you have Cody Rhodes who worked his ass off to get the suits that he wears. Whereas Nick Aldis could be like, hey, I was born in these suits type gimmick. And he, again, he doesn't have to be that guy because the, both both sides, both Raw and SmackDown, are so loaded with talent that the, the untapped match potential on both sides would have been incredible. And I also kind of feel like, so I don't know how old Petey Williams is, but the fact that Petey Williams didn't get a shot in NXT and he was brought in right as a producer too, yeah, I'm kind of getting that same vibe um, out of Nick Aldis. But hey, and just be like, look at AEW. AEW has, has their producers wrestle. So I don't, know how, I don't know how WWE feels about that. I don't know if that's more of a directive that maybe like the producers in AEW go to Tony and like, Hey, let me, let me, let me wrestle on ring of honor. Let me wrestle on rampage. Let me wrestle on this or that. So who knows? So Nick Aldis is backstage as a producer tonight on raw. It doesn't say anything about him being signed, but right. he's, so he I is saw, there. So he is yeah. producing right now. I saw somebody post something about that. Uh, and I, I was like, wait a second. I don't think he's signed per se, but he's getting a shot, which is, which is good, and you never know. Like maybe they they bring him in. Maybe he works a dark match or something, and they like what they see, and they make him a an on uh, on screen talent. I know I said I didn't want to touch on everything that that went down this week in wrestling, but I feel like I I glossed over a huge thing uh, on Dynamite. And this is unsanctioned. This is flush the format. We're we're skipping all around, baby. We're skipped to my Lou, baby. We are skipped to my Lou. Hikaru Shida. Yes. Uh, 
becoming the AEW Women's Champion on episode 200 of, of Dynamite. Again, KTG, I bring this to you because a little skeptical, a little skeptical about the, the reasoning for it. Of course, with All Out or All In. All In is Wembley, right? And All Out yep. is Chicago. I do it all the time. I always inverse them. So any thought in your head that this is going to be a short reign and that Tony Storm gets it back in her home country or in her home, whatever land. No, I think, um, or maybe Paige or Soraya. I, I, I think it'll be protected losses. I see this going in either like a four corners match or, uh, there may be in a tag program on the card or something to, to get them those wins. But Sheeta winning, I felt like was so necessary because this this storyline, I loved what they were building with like the outcasts and the homegrowns. And then it just ever since Hater went down, got so stuck in the mud. Um, what's impressive to me about Sheeta is she has yeah. not been featured. Sheeta has <laughs> not been uh featured on TV that much, but if you listen to the crowd, like they go crazy for her every time that she's out there. And uh I, I'm just so impressed that she maintains getting those pops and uh, continues to be such a fan favorite. Everyone has been kind of booking that who's she going to lose to at Wembley thing. And I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of bought in on the idea of her still leaving champion. Maybe something happens within the outcast where they cost each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe she did just print pits uh, like Willow or Britt Baker or someone else and, in that mix, but I feel like Sheeta really does deserve a title reign that's not been cannibalized by the pandemic. If you watch her in the ring, oh. she's great. If you listen to any of the, you know, all the backstage drama crap, her name's never in any of it, right? Like she, she just seems like the consummate professional yeah. to to go there and work and be that reliable face that they need. And I'm just so glad something happened with the story because it's pushing it forward. So I forgot, it. I forgot that um, Sheeta was she was a Daily's Place champ, right? She was for the most part, yeah. Most, most, part. most of her, I forgot yeah. about that. So let me ask you this: Were you when you saw that result? Were you necessarily surprised? I was just because I figured I thought something might happen with this story. Cause it's, it's just been sitting there and we did hear Jamie Hayter's not going to be back for quite a while. So I was like, okay, well maybe now that they have the clarity around that, they're going to do something. But I just figured that moment would have come at Wembley itself. Um, but I guess you don't want Tony storm losing the title at Wembley either. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, a toss up there. I thought Tony storms promo on collision was hysterical by the way. Like she was just so distraught and <laughs> not knowing herself anymore. Like she was a riot. KTG, can I tell you, like, I very, like, rarely, like, laugh out loud about the stuff that does not deserve to be laughed out loud at. When, when they just went to, I guess, was, was it Tony Schiavone with her? Yeah. Yeah. And they just cut to that. And then you just see, like, Tony Storm's face. Like, she looks like a pat. She looked like a pouty little kid that would just, like, didn't get her oh ball. God. And, like, with the curlers in her hair. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like, it was so... She's really funny too, and on like um at press conferences after shows too, because she'll just stay in kayfabe, and all she says is she's gonna slap the tits off of people, and she like, um, all right, I, she she gets underrated, I think, on some of her character work with I'm, stuff I'm, like I'll that. I'll put you on, I'll put you on the spot right now. This could be tough. Funnier, funnier, more character, Ooh. uh, driven ish, or who has more potential? Because Tony Storm hasn't given a lot 
to show this part of her character. Tony Storm or Billy Kay from the Ooh. I'm gonna go Billy Kay just because like not only was she incredible in the iconics, but we had that whole her walking around with her resume run too that I feel like was so 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 funny. And she my god, she had the mosh pit moment, right? I feel like Billy Kay, we've just gotten to see it more. I so I'll I'll go Billy Kay on that on that front. <laughs> I agree hundred percent. And the pro wrestling podcast. Hey. Is here to support Kate. Hey, I would take offense to that, but I can't argue because we're all here to support Kate. Thank you. So <laughs> there you go. Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much. And I'm trying to get to all the banners or all the chats as we can here. Uh, but, you know, of course, we're, we're on sanctions. And, That's right. Uh, and Kate, yeah. So I think, oh, God, I would love to see either Billy Kay or both of them back somewhere. It yeah, I don't so know good. what um, Peyton Royce just had her baby not long ago, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know how far away she is from getting in the ring, but I I feel like Billy Kay is so great. I wish they would just bring them back as a tag team to, to WWE. Like in, oh I, god, imagine I feel, what they would do. Yeah. They would totally that, that division, not like, all right, to, to, to Sonya Deville and I'm sucks what happened to her. Sucks. Absolutely sucks. And inadvertently that not that we obviously want the concern is for Sonya Deville and for her to get better, but that indirectly or directly affects Chelsea Green's uh, future now whether or if not there's anyone who can navigate it though like chelsea with this oh <laughs> one she... two three basketball and she's just been <laughs> fucking killing it so i she... i think they'll be able to substitute somebody in there for sonia like i, I think there's a, that, a lot so of that was gonna be my next question there. that was gonna be my next question because i had like the first name that came into my head and you might know more about the the women's roster than i do the first name that came into my head that might work with Chelsea was either, well, now, now there's two. But I don't know if she's still on Raw or not. My The first one I thought was Dana Brooke. So she's been in NXT. Okay. Um, and she has a story going on there right now. Okay. I, I think I do know that, yeah. I, I don't hate that idea because it, it hasn't been, it's not been like the best story. Okay. <laughs> and now what, what, let me throw this name at you. I'm not sure if she's on Raw or SmackDown, but this is actually really funny. Because they're they're actually Eskimo sisters. What if you put Emma? <laughs> Emma would be great. Emma would be a great call. I think um, Emma and Chelsea. And they worked each other in, in Impact before, right? So that could be really really fun. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that I was either either gonna say Dana, Emma, or God, like don't. There's no there's no world where they strip her of the belts, is there? I mean, it's the women's tag teams. They switch. <laughs> like, everything's everything's allowed the in that world. You could, I mean, they called up um, the spooky Scottish wish gals and they did nothing with them. Uh, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Like you could, oh, yeah. you could just give it back to them. But I feel like Chelsea's character is so strong and she's so over right now that even if it's like pulling someone, I was trying to think if there's anyone from NXT that's ready to come up and could fill that role. Um I actually think someone that could be a really fun offset to her that would fill that role really well. Um, but she's rehabbing right now. I think, I think Wendy Chu would be hysterical to like walking around <laughs> with her, not buying yeah. into her same bullshit, but I think it'd be very, very funny in that. I uh, forgot about Wendy Chu. I know it's a bummer cause she's, she's injured right now, but she was doing such great work. Um, and just so I'm not a complete moron, she was the one that wore the pajamas and would always be sleeping in random spots in the back. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and she, 
what was amazing about her was she was like a 5,000 year old dragon lady before that. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was nuts. Like her, her range is so good and she's fantastic in the ring. Like I never understood. I think her like slippers were oftentimes covers to wrestling boots, but like the fact that she could wrestle at the caliber she was in and that gear was insane. Um, but I, I just think, I think the world of her, I, I hope she's able to come back soon. Cause she's also just great in the ring. Yeah. Um, so she's a, a huge asset and makes everybody look really good in the process. So Wendy Chu, if I'm remembering NXT correctly, and I think that I am, she was like, she was like worshiping like this God and wasn't, didn't she have like a male counterpart? Is that that Boa guy? Yes. It was Boa. Okay. Is he still with NXT? He has no. not been on screen in quite a while. Okay. Um, But I don't think, I don't know if he got released. I don't think yeah, so. I'm not sure. I, w- I wonder if he was in like a rando battle royal or something one time. But anyway, I digress. Um, so I do want to I do want to fo- hit you back on NXT because they had the pay-per-view last week and they followed it up uh, this week. Uh, but, you know, if we don't get to it, we don't get to it. I do want to talk about um, something else that happened on AEW and uh, uh, Statman Jones put it in the notes and that was RVD. Yeah. Coming back. Thoughts <laughs> on RVD making a, you know, a little cameo in a one-off match here? So I feel like like Dynamite 200 I thought was pretty good. We had three guys who were over 50 on the show. And I, um, RVD is still definitely probably the one that can compete probably at a higher level than Jericho. Yeah. At this I had point. my dad did that kick that, that Jungle Boy ducked. Yeah, I... He didn't look the best. I I always struggle from the fact that I started watching in 09. So, like, these nostalgia pops don't do a ton for me. It makes total sense for the FTW belts as a one-off. Like, I I can't say it's a bad wrestling idea. I just don't care. And (laughs) when there are, like, people that – and I also think it'll be something that's really good for Jungle Boy. Like, he needs kind of some elevation in in that regard. Dark elevation? some some yeah he needs some AEW dark elevation yeah. <laughs> uh with the FTW title like it I, I can't argue that it makes wrestling sense but I'm like I'd rather see God. so many other people that are that are on the roster so I, I, I love how like and this is what I, I love about this podcast is that one thought triggers another thought and then another thought triggers another thought Always. and which brings me to to Jack Perry Jungle Boy to me like he had a really cool character as Jungle Boy Jack Perry and now to me, he's just like, and again, it's still early in his run. So maybe we'll see, but now he's just like Joe leather pants heel. Like, like what, like what's his character? Like what, who is he supposed to be? Just a douche. They got plenty of douches. Yeah, I think, you know, Hollywood jungle boy a little bit. I don't, I don't hate it. It is early. I'm trying to give some patience with it. And I do think things had gotten very, very stale. Like I think he needed something fresh and new. I think it made sense coming out of the four pillars story and his mounting frustrations and not, not being able to get wins. So I, I like where it came from, from a wrestling perspective, but he like, there's a reason some of his most successful stuff was under Christian's wing. Like he's, he's just not the strongest talker in the world. Um, But it's also some people like really, really hate on his stuff. And I'm like, it's, I don't think he's the worst. I just think he's, It's just, it's just not like it's all very kind of textbook right now. Like there's nothing unique to him about it. It's all like heel stuff that we've seen that um, we've already kind of seen before. So 
I'm with you in that and that it's a little bit kind of like redundant heelish, but I also think he like, can you give them a second before everybody shits on this guy so much? Like it's um, he's just kind of finding his, his way with it right now. So, um, but I think RVD is probably a good program for that. Like, I, I think it, it makes wrestling sense, even though it's not necessarily I mean, it's, for it, me. It's a, it's a name. It's a name for jungle boy to beat without necessarily taking anything away from someone on your main roster who yeah. you don't necessarily need to do it. And it's the FTW belt, right? So it's yeah. like, yeah. I think so like, uh, so God, that just brings me back to that real world championship. Like the FTW belt, I could almost kind of give a pass to for some reason, because they've actually at least like made it a thing for a while. And maybe mm-hmm. this one, maybe it'll be the same thing with this real world championship. I, I just don't know, man. Like, um, I don't know. All right, so we got some uh, some injury news here on uh, Brian Danielson, Thunder Rosa, and Jamie Hayter. Um, Tony Khan says that he expects Brian Danielson uh, to be back sooner than later, as opposed to Jamie Hayter, who they're not they're not quite sure about. Um, maybe February ish, um, and uh, of course Thunder Rosa. What does it say about Thunder Rosa? Not not inspected back in time for All In. Who do you think has the most to gain from uh, once they come back from injury here out of these three names, Brian Danielson, Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter? Gosh. Um, I think there's a lot. I think, I think there's a lot of intrigue in what happens when Thunder Rosa comes back. Um, It's kind of hard to sit here and say that Brian Danielson isn't the one with the most to gain from that, because I don't know if there's anybody else in the world that would have the most to gain from coming back like he just the he's done like three iron man matches and they've all been incredible he had this incredible match with mjf he fought okada right like i feel like um it's so rare that we get to recognize that someone's a legend while they're actively wrestling and i feel like he's at that point and i i think it's really really cool that no matter what that guy does you just know it's going to be special and I'm really looking forward to him getting back. I'm so bummed. He's not going to be ready for, for a Wembley. Um, But his return, I think with everything that's going on with Blackpool combat club, there's, there's so much intrigue to see what happens when he reenters the picture. So. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more with that. And it looks like they're doing, I mean, they're keeping bullet. See, that's what's so the bullet. (laughs) The, the, bullet, the, black, the bullet, the black, the bullet pool, the bullet, with the bullet pool is. Actually, for Junior calls it the Blackpool Country Club, so that's, <laughs> that's what it is in my head right now. <laughs> it's uh, it they've done a great job when they've separated them. They've, they've done a good job of making making sure they all had something to do, and so even if one is out, they can always just like, kind of like reform, and and just go back to being that cohesive unit that they always will. I just want to say, I'm going to get my flowers too here. Oh, uh, KJ. SJ. SJ, you're okay. doing an amazing job hosting KJG. Well, thank you, SJ. What I appreciate that? that very, very much. Um, So yeah, Brian Danielson, I think, so, you know, like how to make a baseball analogy, um, baseball analogy. and, uh, and what's more of a sports, but it's usually a lot in baseball, especially with our team, the New York Yankees. Whenever someone gets hurt, which is inevitable, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, you know, Anthony Rizzo, all these guys to get hurt. Then it's like, oh, what's, what is it? Next man up. Yep. Next man up. And I feel like despite how you've had your issues with how the women have been booked, I will give Tony Khan and AEW credit. Whenever someone like a Thunder Rosa goes out or someone like a Britt Baker goes out or someone like a Jamie Hayter goes out, they always seem to have the next woman up. Yeah. 
And they they find a good way, whether it's Tony Storm, whether it's you know Ruby Riot, whether it's you know Willow Nightingale, Chris Statlander, um, they always seem to have someone there ready and willing and do a great job running with the ball that was left for them. And let's give Tony Storm credit because twice it's been her, right? Like it was mm-hmm. her when Rosa went down, and it was her again when Jamie Hader went down. And I, I think that speaks a lot to how she's perceived because I think she's a very reliable in-ring worker i i'm a big fan of her in-ring work and i think character wise she's very fluidly able to make adjustments that allow her to be trusted in in that position like i i really think it it goes a long way to to speak to her value but it also is a testament to how much they have built out this division i still have qualms with the booking but they added athena they added willow they added Tony, they added Soraya as a presence. Like there's, they've, they've really gotten out of their way to sign a lot of the right pieces. Even if I have issues with how those pieces kind of fit in um, Mercedes Martinez, we just saw like, she's, she's phenomenal. I, I can't wait to see what happens. I'm loving this Athena title reign when she gets let loose on, on AEW television proper. I think it's going to be a sight to see. Like it's, it's maybe my favorite title reign in wrestling right now. There you go. Uh, so that that is um, just a little observation that I, that I noted about about um, AEW and how it's not all it's not all uh, doom and gloom. There is some good things going on with that women's division. Kate, smart me up on some ROH. What's uh, you, you mentioned that this show was probably one of the best shows that they've done in a while. Chat me up about a little ROH. Is it is it is the show? Just because I'm looking down the notes and I see how many matches there are. Yeah. Does the show? run that way like does it run the way i read it is it like oh my god i have to watch all these matches or is it is it are the matches good enough and strong enough and maybe not long enough where like it flows like kind of like a nice little show like a nice watch so that's what felt like they turned the corner this past week on when they have had a plan in place because roh has always been so ring heavy um, and a lot of the storytelling is driven by the end rig, which is why I've, I've loved it as a brand so much. Um, it started to feel like AEW dark for like the past six weeks to two months. Uh, we got to the point where it was the week before the pay-per-view and there were no matches announced. Like it right. was just a collection of matches. This week we started to see some carryover from Death Before Dishonor. We started to see things making sense again. Um, Josh Woods being in the pure division, making sense. Like there was a lot of renewed blood there. And some of it is literally just clarity around who's in ROH, what division are they in and are the champions around to defend their titles? Um, Aussie open working dynamite and then turning around and working ROH, I think went a long way uh, to make you feel like ROH's champions feel important to their programs. Cause the Lucha Brothers defended the ROH tag titles on Dynamite twice, literally never in ROH the entire time they were tag champions. Uh, Samoa Joe's been there probably the most consistent of the champions. The six-man belts have been erratic at best. Claudio, I think they got screwed over on, on Eddie being injured, and then now Eddie in the G1. I think there were probably plans around that, but Claudio hasn't been around. So it's kind of... I think for ROH fans, it's particularly frustrating because they went from being the most logical wrestling brand in the world to the one with just no care around it and people just popping up and showing up whenever they felt like. And on top of that, you got to pay $10 a month to watch this stuff. So like, (laughs) that's a a big piece of it is like, why am I paying $10 a month now to go watch AEW Dark 
when um it's the it's the most expensive brand on television and the least cared about but it really really feels like this past this past week was really refreshing and that it felt like a much stronger episode and also a little maddening because i was like it's such simple changes you were able to fix it in like a week so like please sustain that moving over because it's it's very easy but they've also done a lot right like they're now touring with collision and before they were a studio show and um, who's available in the back changes every Saturday, I'm sure, because a lot mm. of these guys are working indies. Like, so there's a lot of factors to balance and, and that's never lost on me, but it is, um, there are such clean and simple changes to make that it run because the, the caliber is so high of the talent that they have there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm again, like there's God, like, there's so much, there's so much wrestling to watch. Like there's like not enough time that's to get lot. in the week. So God, God bless you for getting that, for getting that in. Uh, one show that I do watch a lot of um, is Impact Wrestling. Yeah, uh, big Impact Wrestling. They are firing on all cylinders with two uh, big shows. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming up uh, in Emergence, and of course the the combo with the uh, with New Japan, uh, the mul- Battle of the Multiverse, yeah. or whatever it's called, Multiverse of Multi Talented Forbi- Forbidden Multed Door, Forbidden first. Bullet Pool Combat Country. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. will be on the show. He'll be teaming with his stable mate, uh, Shane Haste against Moose and Eddie Edwards. Kind of a little taken aback to see that. I know they're both heels now, but holy crap, talk about like the craziest feud in recent impact history. Uh, this will be the first appearance of Zack Sabre Jr. in an impact ring, while Haste will make his first appearance since a short run this past February and March. Um, so I mean, you got some matches here set up for that. Alex Shelley, Tanahashi. Yeah. Uh, Leo also, Rush and Zach Trey- Sabre Jr. will be like one of the few active WWE wrestles, WWE, AEW, Impact, New Japan, and ROH. He'll be who's, like one of the, the five timers there. Who's that? Alex Shelley? Maybe him too. But Zach Sabre he, Jr. He had, he had a match in NXT <laughs> with Kushida. Yes. Then, yeah, I guess he would. Well, Alex Shelley. He, he Motor City Machine Guns did. Uh, that yeah, they did the six man with, with yeah. Joe, right? Yeah, so there you go. That's fun. So there's that. That's just fun. And then you got Leo Rush and Trey Miguel versus uh, Hiromu uh, Takahashi and Mike Bailey. I wonder, like, so I, I wonder, like, and maybe someone in the chat can smart me up. Are they, are they like literally just throwing darts on the wall and like to see who's going to team up with who, or is there some story on another program that I'm not that I'm not following here? Because no, I, th- I think multiverse is almost supposed to be that of just like a a dream match that like. Because like like Zachary Wentz is back and Leo Rush is teaming with Trey Miguel. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know if there's like an eliminator thing or whatever going on, but there um, is an eliminator tag team thing for for Impact for the more contenders for the tag team title. Oh, Tony's not here to talk about a tournament. He's gonna be so oh, sad. Oh, Tony, and it's an eliminator oh, tournament. Tony, it's an eliminator. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so we had a uh, uh, the Rascals. Uh, they beat uh. What is it? Degresh, Degreshman? Degresham? Oh, I was saying that referees use their Jonathan Discresham. Jonathan Discresham and Mike <laughs> Bailey, they lost to uh, to the Rascals. So they uh, the Rascals await the winners of ABC. That is another branch of the Bullet Club as they take on Swan, Rich Swan, and Sammy Callahan this Thursday. And um, oh, Callisto will be making his impact debut, Samurai Del Sol. Very cool. Next week. So that's dope. And then, of course, you have. Um, emergence which is shaping up you know uh, I, I was wondering because like nick aldis he was so quick in and out of impact i was like wait so you're gonna have a one and done on impact and eric young's gonna beat nick aldis 
And he like, wasn't what? even killed off, was he? No, no. He wasn't even he murdered. Wasn't. Is he really gone? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, where are they going to go now? And of course, now they're, re they're revamping the, the Diener, Eric Young storyline. So like, what's cool. gonna What's going to main event? Because the world championship isn't even on the line. So like, what's going to main event? I'm like, oh, wait. Trinity, Diana Parazu. Hell yeah. So that's going to be your main event. I'm, I'm assuming at Emergence. So lots of good stuff happening in wrestling. Um, some not so great stuff. Some people unhappy. Uh, Wardlow seems to be a little down in the dumps. Did you read this? Yeah. I did, and I I get it, man. Like he was the hottest baby face in the world there, and just nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's a little perplexing, and I, and I noticed this a while ago. Like they and so like you said, like I think you mentioned it earlier. Like once you lose something, it's very tough to get it back. And like you, like we we said that with Cody and, and Roman, and how like is the story still even there anymore? Like, is yeah. there enough good creative in the world to get it back? I think there is. We don't necessarily do. Not saying that it's impossible either way. Um, but is there a world, Wardlow's world, where you think that Wardlow can get back? Does absence make the heart grow fonder in the case like Wardlow? I mean, the tough thing is right now you have this absolute gold with MJF and Adam Cole, and I feel like the best way to get Wardlow back is to revisit that story. Like, it's okay. it's so right there. Um, and I don't think that means it's any less uh, valuable in, like, three months, but you have the, the plane situation. You have uh, their, you know, kayfabe situation as well. Like, there's there's so much gold to be had there, but you also have to make him feel credible going into that. And the way that they've treated the TNT title has just not been um, good. I'm loving what they're doing with Christian, right. but the way that they were hot potatoing it before was just so it, it didn't have any value to it. So I, I feel for Ward though. Like I, I think they, they did it with hook too, where it was like, you had this white hot baby face and then just kind of disappeared. So, so there, there are two things I would like to see happen with Wardlow if you're not going to get him back to the level that everyone once thought he was going to be. So they just turned Will Hobbs babyface again, which I as uh, I had been preaching that they should have done a long time ago, but I wanted it to be back with Ricky Starks. I wanted them to be like back together, like reunited and it feels so good sort of deal. That's not happening. That. Yeah, that's not happening. Now, now you have this team, which I don't know what Tony Constantly can put these two guys together other than they're big dudes. Uh, Big Bill and Brian Cage, the machine. And I guess Big Bill is no longer with Stokely. I guess he's part of the Mogul Embassy. I don't know. I don't know if they ever. Well, the firm that. broke up a few months ago. Yeah. They like, they dissolved all of the firm. Oh, um, they did? Yeah. After that, they had that cinematic match on Rampage. It was kind of like that was the, the end of the firm. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 They yeah, had yeah. Big Bill tagging with Lee Moriarty. They got paired together. Like it's kind of funny because I feel like the biggest criticism of Tony Khan is like he doesn't strike while the iron's hot. And now he he kind of is doing it here. And I don't hate it. Like everybody just thought Brian Cage and Big Bill were really fun together. Like and that their their dual finisher was super fun and they just kind of caught fire. And I don't hate the idea of Big Bill being like a part of the Mogul embassy and just an enforcer role. Like I, I think you could do some really cool stuff with that, especially the way Swerve has been acting. My God. Yeah. Like there's, and, there's some good stuff to be had there. So I, I don't hate that. And, and then to their credit on Rampage, again, not a lot of people watch Rampage, but I checked it out this week and it looks like they're finally, cause let's be honest when, since Brian Cage has been in AEW, and I'm pretty sure he's a lifer since day one ish, pretty sure. 
if no, if he not, was a he was a blackjack battle royal, whatever the yeah. fuck you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was if he's not day one ish, he's like day one and Early. three quarters ish. Yeah. Um, but it, it, for the first time I can remember, like the guy cut a promo on Rampage. Like, yeah. like they gave him mic time. I'm like, oh. And he was funny. Yeah. So, I think so, he um this is the the most on a track he's felt in a really long time. And so going back to my Wardlow thing, my if you want to strap the proverbial rocket as much as you can because AEW is super loaded to Big Bill and Brian Cage, maybe I would love to see Wardlow and Will Hobbs as a tag team. Okay. And just make like like a Twin Towers, like, you know, Road Warriors, like two badass motherfuckers coming in and totally just having them, these four big giants just Wretched. have a series of matches. I mean, they might not be, you know, poetic masterpieces, whatever, but just hard hitting beat your ass back and forth and then have Wardlow and, 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 uh, and Will Hobbs maybe go for the tag titles or something. And then maybe have them split up and reignite their feet. Like just, you know, completely off the cuff. Booking. No, I, I, I like that. They can be on the same side of things. I feel like I agree with you about Hobbs. Like they have the whole book of Hobbs thing and then the QTV stuff. And I actually like QTV a lot. Hobbs was not the guy for it at all. Right. Like yep. John Morrison, perfect guy for that. I agree. And, and then they just, yeah, that's another thing, man. And then just bring John Morrison and like, he's just another guy. I mean, he might be at this point in his career. I think, yeah. I was going to say, I think he might be just another guy. Like he might be in that Matt Seidel role where you're just like, man, he's really good. It makes everybody else look really great in the process. Yeah. Like, I, I think that might be where yeah, he's you're at. Probably, and I guess, I guess cause he just doesn't look like he ever ages. So yeah, like, part, yeah. So they like, part of yeah. me, like when he came back to WWE with like, I'm like, Oh, John Morrison, they're actually going to do something with him. We're rumble. He's out third. And then he's out third. Like go trade that bunny. Yeah. And then they put, <laughs> yeah. And then they put him back with the Miz, which I love because they're, they're awesome together. And Miz yeah. is now in that part of his career too. Yeah. I think so too. So, think so too. uh, as clearly we can see. All right, Kate. Um, I want to play a little game with you that I just made up. Yeah, let's do it. And we talked about a lot of this stuff, but I don't want to talk about how it was booked. I don't want to talk about, you know, this is no indictment on the characters. This is no indictment on what the storyline is this is just about how it made you feel in the moment and this is a game i like to call glad mad or sad dot 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 or indifferent so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick out some moments at random this is here just feelings that happened this past week in wrestling and maybe a little longer um you know my timeline might not be there no but altogether. i like this it's not analysis it's not analysis, not, just how it made you sense. feel. It's just my feelings. Just your feeling. And if you want to give like a quick one-line synopsis of why you feel that way, that's fine. It's um, very therapeutic. So, and this is all wrestling related. And it's just mostly, it's pretty much all AEW and WWE. Okay. Um, just because I'm pretty sure I'm, that's, I'm, I'm standard and pretty positive in stating that that's what we both guaranteed watched. Um, so first thing I'm going to hit you with is a match from SummerSlam. We touched on it earlier. How did... Logan Paul and Ricochet make you feel glad, mad, or sad, or indifferent? Indifferent. Really? Yeah. Oh, I did not expect that. I wanted to start off hot. I thought that was going to be for sure glad. I, uh, I, the Ricochet being in that spot made me glad. That part of it, I, I was glad that he got um, to have an, a match that they viewed as important. Uh, but I like, I knew Logan Paul was going to win. And I honestly felt like, um, 
it didn't get into the gear that I thought it was going to. Like I, I, I felt with these two, the whole thing was going to be built around like insane athleticism. And they had that crazy spot in rumble where they collided in the air and like all the stuff that I actually don't love all the like go virally stuff. I didn't feel like we got really a ton of those spots. That's just kind of didn't like yeah. get to where I thought it was going. So I, I'm going in different. The, the hype train was too much for what they, they delivered and they, they delivered. Don't get me wrong. They delivered, but I think it was just the hype train was too much. So that makes uh, KTG indifferent. It does. I'm going to go. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to start off a little positive. I think that makes me glad. I think I like it does. I th- I, I, and this is the one that I wanted to have back in my picks. We always have one that we want back. And this is yeah. the one that I want. I wanted Logan. I wanted to pick Logan Paul. And then I'm like, oh, when is he going to be back again? WrestleMania, Survivor. Sure. So one ricochet, that made me glad. All right, let me hit you with, I'm going to do like maybe like two or three AE dubs in a row here. Sure. Trent Beretta. In the three-way match on uh, Dynamite, he got the dub. And it seems like there seems to be a little bit of a resurgence, not only behind Orange Cat, not that, that there ever wasn't a resurgence behind Orange Cassidy, but it looks like they're putting a little bit of the, you know, the, you know, proverbial, hey, go get them, guys, to Chucky e. T and uh, Tramperetta, the best friends. So glad, mad, or sad, Tramperetta and best friends. Extremely glad. Extremely glad. I feel like Trent uh, is very underrated in the ring. And I feel like, best friends have been an extremely consistent tag team and have had no real creative direction for a while. Like them and dark order have felt very lost in the shuffle to me. So to see them having a little bit of wind in their sails, especially with the champion orange Cassidy at the the front of the line, I feel like there's some really fun stuff that you can do on that. I was very glad, very glad about that one. I'm going to go with you too. I'm going back to back glads on that one. All right. Sticking with AE dub, the segment, the contract signing, between MJF and Adam Cole. That segment, glad, mad, or sad, or indifferent? Ooh, um, just the contract signing part. Just the just the, the concept of, were you expecting MJF to have like a shady contract where it says, ha ha ha, no, now you don't get a shot at all, or something like that. Or like, yeah. how did you feel after like they actually hugged it out, their, their joint music played, and and it seems to be an official MJF is giving Adam Cole a legit title shot. Glad, mad, or sad, or indifferent, or not ready to believe yet. How about that? I'm, I was gonna say I'm more like curious. Yeah. Um, I, I probably would go in the glad category because I'm very happy that like MJF Adam Cole at Wembley is a that's awesome. Like the fact that that's happening at Wembley Stadium makes me really glad. Um. And I think with Roddy being in the picture and Kyle O'Reilly being unknown, like there's so many places that you can go story-wise. I think they've done such a good job of building out a few aspects of this. Um, I know this is supposed to be for feelings, but I'm telling you why I'm glad. No, I, I, this good is, this wrestling is, makes I made, me glad. I made this game up two hours ago. You can do whatever you <laughs> okay. want. Okay, <laughs> okay, beautiful. Uh, I it makes me glad that when we saw MJF and Adam Cole lose to FTR MJF lost in the way that was exactly what he was warning jungle boy about in the four pillars feud. Like he was saying that like, you'll save everybody else before you'll prioritize winning. And like, he chose to save Adam Cole over winning the tag titles. And he immediately kind of realized that about himself. The beginning of this whole feud started with Adam Cole consistently outsmarting MJF. So I feel like 
they've done a really good job of anything being a possibility here of either MJF having the shady contract of Adam Cole being the one to turn uh, and betray Max so that he's left once again, having searched for something, but not being able to like, hold on to it. Um, I, I am very glad about how well this angle has been built out. And I think it's been the most creatively consistent thing in MJF's title reign uh, that people have latched onto. And I, I loved the Danielson match and, um, I, I really liked a lot of what he's brought to the table, but I feel like from week to week, this has been the strongest stuff that MJF's had to do as champion. So it makes me glad. I'm with you. I am also glad on this. All right. So here we go. Glad, mad, or sad, or indifferent. Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey, SummerSlam. The entire kit and caboodle. Uh, glad. I think uh, Shayna being the face in this, means we might get Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley after this, which I think would just be fucking awesome. I'm glad that Ronda Rousey put Shayna over on her way out. And I'm glad that they let that happen because um, even if Ronda Rousey's reign hasn't been for you, she's a big deal to them. And the fact that they let Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey happen, I think is indicative of good things to come for Shayna Baszler. I think she's one of the best women's talents that they have there. And if this means a face, Shayna Baszler moves on to Rhea Ripley. Very, very glad. And I thought the promos on on Monday were awesome. So I'm glad about it all. All right. So I had this down because my initial uh, part of this game was going to be positive and negative takeaways from the last week in wrestling. Okay. So this was under my negative list. Okay. So I was mad. I was so mad about this match. I didn't know anything about the, the MMA situation. But you convinced me to upgrade from mad to indifferent. Okay. Um, I forgot about the promos. I think the promos deserve a lot of credit for the build that I didn't even, still don't even know happened. <laughs> that was an MMA match. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, see, I, I think Ronda really got a, the raw end of, of the stick here. Um, I think that she she didn't have a lot of great outings as of late, but I think that I don't think the, her great outings that she has had should be overshadowed by it. But this match to me, like we talked about Becky and Trish, like I get it. You have to have Rhonda on the show. I get that. Um, but to me, this was just not there for me. I, I didn't skip it. I didn't fast forward through it, but I've got, I really, really wanted to. Um, if you had said just the match, I probably would have said indifferent, but when you said whole kit and caboodle, I was, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm upgrading. I get you. I'm going, I'm upgrading from, from mad to indifferent. I had a couple more and I know you did want to mention some stuff about the G1. So a couple more, um, let's go back to, see, I don't want to do rampage. Cause I think we, uh, all right. So the, the backlot brawl between we, I mean, now we, we already talked about best friends. We don't need to go back there. All right, how about this? You mentioned Chris Datlander before, and we mentioned Mercedes Martinez before, and now it looks like we're going to have some sort of program that involves all four ladies with Willow Nightingale, Chris Datlander. Now Diamante has now formed some sort of alliance with Mercedes Martinez. I don't know a whole lot about the history there. I'm sure there is some, but so Matt, what cool was i'll just throw this in there because we talked about roh on roh diamante lost to athena uh but gave her a hell of a run for her money and athena said on roh like you have what it takes to be champion uh you just have to find that missing piece and so i thought it was really nice that they actually carried that over in, into collision and i i think that's an awesome idea to have mercedes so is mercedes martinez the missing piece is that the quote-unquote missing piece or was just the missing piece just in jet like a uh 
what do you think? Say that an intangible. I I think that's what they're gonna tell us a little bit. Like to me, it seemed like a character thing, but Mercedes is also the one that uh, Athena beat for the title. So I think there's a lot of really interesting storytelling possibilities there. Okay, so like I said, this was on my positive thing. So I just want to let you know. I want to ask you. Uh, the Statlander, Willow, Diamante, Mercedes. Glad, sad, mad, or indifferent? Very glad. Huge fan of all four of them. And happy to see people outside of the uh, championship wheel getting time for the women's division. Very, very glad. All right. Um, I'm going to do three more uh, real quick. Uh, I'll start out. We talked about this at nauseum, but I just want to get your glad, sad, mad, or indifferent. <sighs> I think I know the answer. But I just want to, I need to, I need to hear it from you. I need to hear it in one of these four words. So glad, mad, or sad, or indifferent. What we know about All Out in Wembley right now. Um, it's like between indifferent and glad. I'm always, <laughs> more. I'm always glad when a wrestling event sells 85,000 tickets almost, right? Like that's incredible. And there's a lot of, I want to see FTR in the Bucks and I want to see Joe and Punk. Um, I'm need to see how the rest of this card shakes out. So they're, they're trending glad, but it was indifferent at, before collision. I would say All right, last <laughs> two before we hit uh, the G one, these are both WWE. Um, I think, I, I think I know how you feel about this too, but, uh, I want to hear what I need to hear it in the words. So glad, sad, mad or indifferent Cody Brock. Indifferent. <laughs> that was so like that laugh was so mad. <laughs> that, that under your breath laugh was so mad. <laughs> Indifferent. Um, I I can't have an intense emotional reaction to something. I still don't know why it happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. I I loved it. I'm a sucker for a good handshake, just as I am a sucker for a good bench clearing brawl. Sure. Um, so I, I'm I'm glad. I love Cody. I, I can't wait to see what happens with him on on Raw tonight. If we didn't already miss it. Um, all right. So last one, also SummerSlam, but also you can include SmackDown on this and just his rise in general. Glad, sad, mad, or indifferent. La Knight. Uh, glad about the guy. Mad about the booking. Uh, I'm glad he he won this battle royal. I feel like they missed two really big opportunities to make him the U.S. champion or the Money in the Bank holder. So I'm mad about the booking, but very, very, very glad about the guy. I couldn't believe when we were at Collision Live, people were doing yes chance or yeah, yeah. And, and wearing his shirt. Like, I thought that was awesome that we were getting that at Collision, like the smarkiest of smart brands. Uh, <laughs> so very, very glad about uh, him catching fire and so organically hope that they fix the booking so that I don't have to be mad about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was glad, mad, or sad, dot, 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 or indifferent. Uh, leave the feedback on the tweeter. The on the tweeter. On the tweeter. This is what doing a show sober does for me. Good, bad, good, bad, <laughs> indifferent. Glad, mad, sad, or indifferent. Okay. That's, what, uh, that's what this is. Um, yeah, so leave the feedback on it, what you thought in the chat or on, uh, I'm sure, in the Discord. Leave it in the Discord. I'm sure you guys are all up in that bitch. Um, all right, so that was glad, sad, mad or indifferent let me take this banner off and then we're gonna go into ktg i know you wanted to touch on some notes on the g1 so i will give you the floor before we pull this train into the old station oh and i don't need to go in depth i'm just um yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah for sure i didn't mean to set you up like that no 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 i just well a couple things one 
I feel like Gabriel Kidd's been like the standout of the entire G1, and it just cracks me up because I remember like I don't know three or four years ago, kind of when I first started to know you guys, you were just like really in on Gabriel Kidd. Oh yeah, and he like he wasn't even really doing anything yet. You were nope. like, I like this guy. Like I'm a Gabriel Kidd guy, and at that <laughs> point, like there weren't like a lot of Gabriel Kidd guys around. But from the moment that they did those pressers beforehand through now like he's had and I, this is what i feel like tony loves so much about tournaments no but like what a well-booked <laughs> tournament can give you is like it's not always the guy that wins that wins with these things right like gabriel kid has had such a standout run they've set up some really cool stuff with him and despy um and i just it, it just cracked me up because I anytime I think of Gabriel Kidd, I think of you, like because you were just like <laughs> I, I like this guy and like he wasn't doing anything yet, but now this whole reinvigorated Bullet Club stuff has been great. The War Dogs going around have been fantastic, uh, uh, and then just in the the finals that we're getting to and stuff, ELP and Will Osprey had just a, a fuck of a match, man. <laughs> like, yeah. This Osprey stuff, like he is. Uh, just proves everybody right every time they go out and I was like this guy's the best in the world right now like he's he's just been fantastic love ZSJ and Naito continuing their history through this um, but just just really really a really like refreshed New Japan product right now like they're in star making mode with this younger crop that's coming through and it's been really fun after they got kind of stalled out by the pandemic and like right. they've had a change in leadership. Like it feels like a really, really reinvigorated product right now. And it's, it's cool to see. Yeah. And like we talked about the impact stuff, Sonata will actually be at emergence. So there's, I mean, they're, they're really, they're really firing on all cylinders, new Japan. Uh, be sure to listen to the bread club where uh, Matt and Kiernan Thompson of Kiernan and Kel um, talk all about, uh, That's right. about, uh, about new Japan pro wrestling, part of the shining wizards network, follow all the shows on the shining wizards network. Um, Kate, this was, this was a blast, man. Short and sweet to the point. You know, I think we yeah. covered everything. I hope we did. Um, Kevin, it was had, a whirlwind of emotions. We were glad we were mad. We were indifferent. We were all over the place today. That was, that was what we call a roller coaster. That's right. <laughs> that is a roller coaster. All right, guys, you can follow KTG, Kate, the great at miss Kate Fabe on Twitter at Kate's the Grams on IG. Of course, like I said earlier, countless times you can never plug it enough. The Mark Order podcast right here on the Shining Wizards Network. Wednesdays uh, immediately following Dynamite and occasionally when there's other stuff going on, a pay-per-view or maybe some other things going on. You can always find them, follow them on the Twitter. Uh, you know, you can find her on Fightful Select on these post shows, SmackDown, ROH, Sour Graps. And of course, if you're in New York, not in the five boroughs, she'll be up there doing some commentary for Excite Wrestling. And of course, the most important credit, Deard good close personal friend of the shining wizards and um and of course follow me at... oh yeah you muted yourself oh that, that, is, oh, that what, is that what happens when you play the music and mute yourself i don't know you went quiet there for a second yeah, I, I guess it does back. i guess because it's not going through the soundboard that's probably what it is hey hey i think for basically one of my first times doing this not too bad not bad not bad we had a lot of fun tonight and all we can say is good night gracie you know Good night, good night, Gracie. Let me get this up there. Good night, that out there, Diana. Good night, everybody. <laughs> everybody, good night. Let's go. This. Let's play this music again. Let's do that. Sorry, guys. Here we go. And let's all fart around. <laughs>